Thank you, Sean, and good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, November 15, 2022, meeting of the Milton Select Board. On July 16, 2022, Governor Baker signed into law an act relative to extending certain state of emergency accommodations, which, among other things, extends the expiration of the provisions pertaining to the open meeting law to March 31, 2023. The act does not make any new changes to the open meeting law other than extending the expiration date of the temporary provisions regarding remote meetings from July 15, 2022 to March 31, 2023. As a remote meeting, all votes taken by the select board will be by roll call. I'm Martha Doyle serving this year as your chair and please allow me to introduce the other members of the select board beginning with our vice chair. Good evening, Mike Sulis, Vice Chair. Our Secretary, Mr. Wells, will be joining us at 8 o'clock. Aaron Bradley, member. Good evening, Roxanne, Mom, Roxanne Musto, member. Thank you. Uh, Nick, what are you joining? Nicholas Milano, Town Administrator. Uh, your volume's low, Nick, just so that you know. Okay. Linda Napoli, Executive Assistant to the Select Board. And Town Council, Kevin Freitag is with us. At this time, please join in the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. <clears throat> I pledge allegiance to the flag, to the flag of the United, United States, States of America and to the to Republic, Republic for which it stands, stands one nation, one nation under God, under God indivisible, indivisible with liberty, liberty and justice, justice for all. all. November 15, we are halfway through this month already and it seems like it just began. Halloween was only yesterday. I think I'll extend uh, Thanksgiving wishes to everybody at this point in time, since we have executive uh, meetings at the end of the session this evening and many people will not uh, be with us. So to all of you who are watching the meeting as well as participating in it one way or another, happy Thanksgiving. At this time, we'll turn to public comment. We have uh, three attendees with their hands raised for uh, the first, I'll take them in the order they appear on the screen. First is Mr. John Rowe. Mr. Rowe, you're recognized. Could you please give your name and address, please? Hi, good evening. Can you hear me? We can, thank you. John Rowe, 23 Parkwood Drive. Um, uh, and I'm calling uh, concerning the intersection with uh, Route 28 or Randolph Avenue with Chickatawbit Road. Um, I was at the meeting and spoke I don't know, a couple of weeks ago concerning this, and I want to thank the board for writing a letter to MassDOT. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about the letter. Um, I'm not sure that the letter specifically uh, directs MassDOT to put in a, a left-hand turn lane, um, and that's what I wish the board would do. Um, another thing that I want to talk about is uh, Mr. Wells, who was not at the meeting, uh, but talked uh, or, or, or spoke to the Milton Times and said that during his tenure 
as uh, uh, chief of police. He's been to many accidents there, um, which he probably has, and he talks about many fatalities. And I do not believe that have, there have been many fatalities. I'd like to um, understand what that is. I've lived in the neighborhood for 13 years, and I don't really know of any fatalities that have happened at, at that intersection. There have been fatalities with pedestrians um, uh, in north of the intersection since I've lived here. So I, I guess my point is the select board should be uh, careful of the statements they make. If, if, if the town wishes that mass DOT does the right thing and puts a left-hand turn lane in here, we don't want to mix it up with uh, hearsay. Um, and because MassDOT has made uh, their decision that they are going to uh, put safety at the expense of throughput, and that doesn't need to happen. Um, so that's all I want to say. I, yeah, okay. Thank you, Mr. Rob. Our next um, speaker will be Mr. Philip Johanny. And you are recognized, Mr. Johanning. Hi, this is Phil Johanning, 23 Parkwood Drive, Milton. Um, I, I want to talk about two things tonight. The first is uh, I attended the recent ANAC meeting, um, and I, I was uh, upset about the way things uh, went during the meeting. And uh, what I'm talking about specifically is it appears that um, there's some pre-purification of uh, thought going on as uh, they, the committee reviewed the candidates who were, um, go, who wanted to become part of ANAC. And uh, uh, the chair, said that there wasn't a place for anyone who objected to the 4L RNAV uh, appeal. And I, I think it's, it's wrong to um, go about things in that way. Uh, as I've said consistently, I believe there should be a range of opinions um, that mirror the feelings of the people of the town. And I don't believe that everyone in town agrees with the 4L RNAV appeal. And so to um, make sure that everyone on the committee supports it and is working toward it, I think is, is not correct. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the committee as it stands today is not, it doesn't consist of any person from East Milton. And again, as I, I said the last time, we get 90% of arriving aircraft traffic on 4R. And so um, there has to be a reason why uh, only people not from East Milton are on the committee today. Um, and I think that's because, uh, you know, people from East Milton would tend not to agree with such an approach. But I think if the Airplane Noise Advisory Committee is going to advise the select board um, we should hear from East Miltonians uh, who I, I can't even imagine anyone supporting this. Um, additionally, uh, you know, uh, the chair uh, said 
that she wanted to reach out to um, uh, one of the, the people being considered uh, for membership because uh, she, she understood that this person had um, reached out to Boston Fair Skies in the past and wanted to understand that person's feeling about um, uh, the 4L uh, RNAV appeal. Um, you know, it, it appears like a like a, a, a situation where, um, you know, people are being interrogated to see how they are, are positioned on an issue. And if they're not positioned in the way that the committee wants them to be positioned, they would not be considered. I don't agree with that. I, you know, that's something in the town I feel vehemently opposed to. Um, so I, I think, uh, and, and finally, uh, on this issue, um, the MCAC rep said that he he felt offended um, because I had suggested that he couldn't represent East Milton because of his address. And, um, you know, that same person uh, is uh, looking to be a member of the Advisory Committee on Equity and Justice for All. You know, that that seems wrong to me that uh, that he would think that he can stand in my shoes. Um, you know, can he stand in my shoes as a gay man? Can he stand in my shoes as a senior citizen? Can he stand in my shoes as a resident of East Milton being um, buzzed by aircraft this very night? I don't believe so. So um, if he believes that he can stand in anyone's shoes, then does he really belong on the equity and justice for all committee? I mean, he can't stand in anyone's shoes but his own. Um, and so I guess I would say that um, we need to open up all town committees to voices from all sectors of the community, regardless of um, their race, their gender, their uh, sexual orientation, their uh, neighborhood, you know, all of it needs to be, um, you know, represented. Uh, we can't exclude people just because uh, of their thoughts on any particular issue. Uh, the other thing is I, I, I want to talk briefly about um, uh, Randolph Avenue and Chickas. Mr. Johanny, may I interrupt for just a moment? Sure. I was uh, uh, remiss at the beginning and um, uh, I know most people have uh, heard this in the past. We have 15 minutes set aside for uh, public comment with each speaker having up to uh, three minutes. So please continue, but recognize the time. And I apologize for- Sure, not I, I, I understand. Uh, 1,700 you. people uh, signed a petition saying they did not want the Rotary. I think that's really important. Um, and the other thing I wanna say about Rotaries is they're being eliminated in many areas of the state because the traffic throughput uh, is not good enough to sustain the volume that you would typically see on Randolph Avenue. Um, so uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, sir. Our third speaker is Winston Daly. Hi, can you hear me? We can, you are recognized. Uh, yes, Winston Daly, 411 Elliott Street, Precinct 2, um, town meeting member, as well as current Parks Commissioner. 
I am uh, speaking to the board today about the uh, current move to dissolve the youth task force. I was one of the original members of the youth task force a few years ago, pre-COVID, um, with the, our original task or sort of mission to help with the overflow and um, uh, students at the library, which is where we came up with the idea of the Wildcat Den. Um, I would, I, I implored the board to reconsider dissolving the youth task force. Um, the Wildcat Den is not our final mission with the youth task force. I think with all the studies and what we've heard about the needs of our young people, particularly coming out of COVID, we should not be removing any connection we have to or ways to amplify youth voice. Um, we cannot stop our connection with them with only the Wildcat Den or only at the middle school level. Um, our high schoolers are certainly going to be in need of teen voice. We cannot be, um, we cannot cut off sort of the pathways to understanding what they need and what we can provide to them as adults and folks in the ability with the ability to encourage policy and um, the ways to help our young people, particularly mental health issues as way as well as um, issues with connection as well as resources and um, really things for them to do in town. Uh, we do not know everything they need. And I think this youth task force is really just a beginning in finding out and providing uh, more for our young people. Uh, I think we should really start to bolster and offer more supports and even a better charge from the select board in terms of what we can do for young folks with the youth task force. And I would hate to see us really uh, remove one of the few uh, avenues and pathways we have for an amplification of youth voice. Um, as a parks commissioner, we are currently working on um, updating our fields, updating our, our athletic um, facilities, as well as resources and programs that we're offering to young people, but I think that is not the end. And that this task force can only help us in finding ways that we can help our young people, particularly coming out of this especially tough and unprecedented time. So I encourage the board to reconsider as well as to re-engage with the task force and perhaps make our charge even more robust. So thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Daly. Our fourth and final speaker is uh, Cindy Christensen. Uh, Dr. Christensen, you are recognized. All right. I have a new headset, so I want to make sure you can hear me. Oh, we can. Can you hear us? Yes, I can. Thank you. It's all working. I'm Cindy Christensen. I live at 59 Colomar Street. I'm disturbed by what the ANAC members said at their last meeting. The chair wants you to think that of the six remaining volunteer applicants, four withdrew their applications because they were intimidated by Phil and my emails. That is, a, that is simply a convenient mistruth that is easily proven to be false by written evidence. Shifting the blame for the rescinded applications to us is not only untruthful, it is a classic unimaginative strategy that has been used against others and me many, many times when the town government cannot stand on the merits of truth. Here is what actually happened. When the four applicants who withdrew, I'm not counting Phil or Kathy in this count of four, when they saw my overwhelming, impressive expertise and qualifications, they wanted me to represent them. I did not know any of these four, but they all four reached out to me, thanking me for being willing to serve. Some even encouraged Ms. Conlin to put my name forward. Privately, they wrote to me that they were disgusted with the process, that they did not trust this to be a fair process because of the person leading it, with one calling it, quote, cheap lying politics here in Milton, 
once again. So if you are told that I intimidated the other candidates, tell the person who said this to you that they need to take responsibility for what happened. Don't blame me. Regarding the remaining candidates, I offered to help spruce up their applications. They declined my help, but I now know that nothing would have increased their chances of being recommended. Why? Because the chair of the ANEC investigated us, calling us out based on public statements that we have made about the 4L RNAV that do not agree with her. This is how volunteers are treated in Milton. We are investigated. You have a chance to end the ill will and mistreatment of volunteers, but will you? I would like for you to explain what it is about the chair of ANEC that has earned your loyalty to the point that you have closed the door to other information from knowledgeable sources without any regard for the principle that your duty lies with being loyal to the residents of Milton, not your friends and colleagues or the overused law firm that you rely on. The 4L appeal is wrong for Milton. There are three expert aviation environmental attorneys who, if you were to listen to them, would tell you that you will lose this appeal. The FAA has done nothing wrong. Even if Milton were to win, do you even know what that would mean? I do, and I know one major Metroplex where the FAA did screw up on the EA, meaning that they had reason to think that they could win an appeal, but their competent and ethical attorney advised them to not waste taxpayer dollars on an appeal because of what they would win. It just isn't worth it. Why are you allowing a few appointees lead you and therefore the residents down a losing costly path? Instead of wasting money and time on something everyone else across the country knows will fail, the town should be working with the Congressional Quiet Skies Caucus and Senators Warren and Markey on legislation for the 2023 FAA reauthorization, along with the soon-to-be-here problem of, of advanced air mobility. These are actions that have a good chance of helping Milton residents. Please remember Milton Times reporter Lori Griffin. It is important to revisit her commentary from February 26, 2015, over seven years ago. I want you to understand that nothing has changed over the last seven years. Laura wrote, just as troubling is the trend toward ignoring those with real questions, real information. At least three people can legitimately claim that they've been blackballed from Milton committees because they ask too many questions, they dig too deeply, and they know too much. The same night that Joe Henning spoke, an East Milton resident called for more police protection in East Milton residential areas. Later in the meeting, the speaker was verbally attacked by a town employee. The selectmen said nothing, and yet community policing is the same issue that the selectmen themselves have raised. That East Milton resident who was attacked was me. Shortly after that meeting and with neighbors' help, I started the East Milton Neighborhood Association. Do you want knowledgeable people on your advisory committees? Or do you want people who will agree with the committee's chair? If the latter, please explain why. Uh, thank you, Dr. Christensen. This will conclude public comment. We'll move on to item number four on the agenda at this time. Uh, discussion, approval, a special town meeting, Monday, February 27th. 2023 uh, town moderator 
Um, Robert Hiss has asked to be a part of the discussion. So, um, Sean, could you please um, move the moderator up to a panelist? And for this uh, topic, we also want to move up Sean O'Rourke, Chair of the School Building Committee, please. Bob, welcome. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Sean, welcome. Uh, good evening, Mr. Chair. How are you? Um, well, thank you, and thank you for joining us. So we have uh, three topics uh, or subtopics under this agenda item. The school building committee update, uh, February town meeting closing date for a, for a special town meeting timeline. Um, we may have another item later on in the agenda that would apply to the February meeting as well. Uh, and that will be uh, discussed uh, with respect to item number five, town treasurer position. At uh, this time, um, what I'd like to suggest is that we begin with the chair of the school building committee, uh, hear his report, and uh, then turn to town moderator Hiss and ask uh, for his comments on the proposed February uh, special town meeting. Would that be acceptable, Bob? Absolutely. Thank you. Sean, the floor is yours. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, if I may ask to, uh, can we also promote Ada Rosemarin, uh, from the school committee, uh, just talking the educational component of what I'm going to allude to tonight also. Certainly. Ada, yeah. we will have you promoted. All right. Um, thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, my name is Sean O'Rourke. I am uh, live at 27 Quarry Lane. I'm a town meeting member of Precinct 8 uh, and the chair of the school building committee. Um, the school building committee met uh, last Monday night, uh, November 7th, uh, discuss a number of options that are, are presented itself to us, um, you know, in regards to what we called uh, temporary options for addressing the overcrowding that exists in schools today and essentially permanent options. Um, uh, I, I think in regards to the special town meeting uh, that we're discussing about tonight, it, it's more of uh, looking at those permanent options uh, and essentially those permanent options are, are a binary decision between um, a, a, a component of building out the option at Fontbonne um, that we touched upon in our last uh, meeting here. And then, you know, the previously uh, understood Gow Road land swap in uh, middle school. Um, talking about Fonbon or just focusing on that, if we could, um, the existing uh, footprint of the building or build out of the building that's there uh, wouldn't support the um, size of, of the facility that we need to build uh, essentially for an early education center. Uh, what that means is it's, it's not not doable. However, uh, it will require additions and modifications to the building uh, above and beyond what you see today. Uh, so what we've done is as a committee and along with your appointed uh, architect, Glenn Hoffman, 
Uh, we're working with them to look at options of adding or, or modifying the existing building to accommodate a program that would house the early childhood education center. Um, the required number of classrooms that we need to build for that is is 26. And so, you know, currently right now, uh, Glenn and myself are utilizing as our skills as best as we can uh, to look at that, to try to figure out how we would make that building big enough or accommodate those 26 classrooms. Um, similarly, I'm, I'm engaging uh, friends uh, that are essentially donating um, uh, independent work for us uh, to come up with an independent estimate of what that cost would be. Um, and what we're trying to do is, as a committee is look at this as an option and compare it to Gow Road. And when we look at Fompon and the full build out of Fompon, uh, the missing component of there when we compare it to Gow Road is the middle school. So there are additional discussions I've had with the middle school principal as far as uh, looking at what would need to happen at the middle school along with Fontbonne. So a combined total dollar value at the bottom of that uh, essentially to be compared to Gow Road. Um, and the reason I bring those up is, you know, the Gow Road land swap that we've talked about since last, last May uh, is essentially a project that addresses overcrowding at all levels, the high school, the middle school, and the elementary schools. Um, for Fompon, if we were to pursue that as an early childhood education center, it would only address the elementary schools. It would not address the middle school component. So there's, what we have to do is look at the middle school address it, you know, what needs to get added on there, put a financial component to that and summarize that with the Fompon build out to really do an apples to apples comparison for Gal Road. Um, the, the educational component of those uh, is why I asked Ada to come in tonight um, to talk about those, you know, currently right now, as I mentioned, you know, Glenn Hoffman and myself are looking at that. Um, but what we would like to do is engage an architecture firm, DRA, preferably, uh, that has a history with the town and utilize them to study these components to make sure that, you know, the purchase of Fompon, if, if that's the preferred option, works and there are no fatal flaws. Um, so that way we just don't purchase a property that doesn't work, you know, for our long-term needs. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, Ms. Rosemarin, did you have some comments that you'd like to make? Uh, yes, Mr. Chair, thank you for <clears throat> allowing me to be here this evening. Um, uh, Sean, I think pretty much told the story and, and um, where we are right now is that we have these different options before us um, that address the needs of overcrowding in the school district in different ways. But I think as Sean indicated that that really to come up with a plan that um, compares um, in one complete project, how we're going to address the overcrowding um, throughout Milton Public Schools in, in one project, I think is, is the goal. Um, the um, the school building committee would love to be able to accomplish this goal in one project and not have to come back 10 years from now and say, well, that wasn't quite enough. We need to build another school now. 
um, which is kind of what we're doing now, that 20 years ago, we could have built something a little bigger to accommodate where we are now and we wouldn't be here today. <laughs> but um, that is, it is where we are. And um, I think, you know, it's just a matter of evaluating the options uh, carefully. And, and um, I agree with Sean that, that bringing in DRA um, to an, an analyze the space and the um, the site as well as the site at Font Bon is is substantially smaller than the site at Guile Road, and um, it's not just the building, but you also need space for parking and you need space for a playground, um, and um, we we need to have a, a firm be able to do that analysis for us to really inform this decision making and. Um, the challenge is that school building committee has used up all of its resources that it was given three years ago. Um, and um, that's that's another question to to bring to you. And I don't know if if the select board would be able to help with that, but I think the time is of the essence uh, to try to do this analysis while this uh, font bond property is on the market and um, we need to make a decision. Thank you, Adam. At this time, I'd like to open the floor to members of the select board uh, for questions that they may have with either Sean or Ada or both. Any additional comments? Um, Mr. Zillis. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, uh, Sean and, and Ada, could you just address the um, the, the request by the school building committee for the February town meeting and the, and, and the reason for that request? Yeah, definitely. Um, essentially, the, the request was, was precipitated originally for the Gal Road land swap. So um, as everyone's aware, you know, last May, we had a proposal for a land swap at Gal Road. Um, we came up with an alternative option that required us to engage BSC uh, engineering company to develop some survey requirements. Uh, BSC has been working uh, for that as I, as I showed at our last meeting, they've actually gone out and staked all the property. Um, it, at the last meeting with the select board, you know, I indicated that, you know, we're pursuing both of these as parallel paths. So, you know, our, our intent right now is still to pursue the land swap uh, as we proposed previously of realigning Gow Road, uh, you know, making concessions along Blue Hills Parkway and along uh, the boundary with Home Inc. to make it to utilize a smaller portion of the conservation land and merge that with the parkland that's there. Um, and, and that's essentially what precipitated the, um, the February town meeting that we're requesting. Since then, uh, you know, Fompon has become an option and I, I don't want to make any illusion that we're not pursuing that. We are pursuing that as, as diligently as possible right now as, as an alternative option. And what we're trying to do is work again in a parallel path for both of these um, to look at them truly as options for the town and weigh both of them against each other. And it's it, it's it's become really complex um, because essentially they, they're, they're two different programs that we're looking at educationally. And there are components of this whole thing of schedule, cost, and educational components. And taking all three of those and weighing them against each other, um, 
you know, is really challenging for our committee, uh, but we're doing our best. And, you know, our goal is to provide what's best for the town. It's it's not to provide what's most convenient. Um, my concern, as I've always stated with this project is, we need to get it right this time, because if we don't, you know, 10, 12 years from now, as we all know, land in this town is very, very, very critical. Um, as we saw from our land search that we had. So, um, you know, for us, that, that it, it, it's a really tough decision that we're going through and we're, taking, we're not taking this lightly. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So does that answer your question? Yeah, I, I, although you might flesh out why February is important. You know, why, why, why is, sure. you said time is of the essence, just for, for both of these things, you might kind of flesh that out. Why, why, why time is of the essence here? Yeah, yeah, thank you. So, you know, first off in regards to Fonbon, uh, you know, this is on the open market right now. So, you know, acting on this as quickly as possible in February, you know, through the, through the process that we need to go through for town meeting to acquire property. Um, that's that's the reason we're pushing for February to kind of, you know, aim for that. On the flip side for, for the land swap, again, on that parallel path, um, you know, we still have to go through the state legislature upon, you know, approval of town meeting, um, and, and then even up to the federal level. So, um, and then on both of these projects, you know, time is money. Um, you know, construction costs are not coming down. You know, they're all escalating. Most of the numbers that we're looking at now are much higher than what it was, you know, three, four years ago when our committee was formed. Um, so, you know, the, the longer we wait on any of these options, the more expensive it's basically becoming. Thank you. Any other questions of select board members? Yes, Ms. Master. Thank you. Um, just wondering if you think that realistically you're going to have all of that information ready. That seems like a lot of comparisons and a lot of things to be worked through. Um, that's the first part of the question. The second part of the question is actually for Kevin Freitag. Um, should I just wait for that? No, please proceed. Mr. Freitag is with us. Okay. Um, just wondering if the town did decide that they wanted to purchase um, the property for Fontbonne, is there a need that they'd have to have the meeting in February, the town meeting, or could they put it in some kind of an agreement um, pending the, the town meeting in May with some kind of deposit or something? Good evening, Mr. Chair, Kevin Freitag from the Office of Town Council. I don't completely understand the question, but what I can say is that any purchase of land would have to be approved by town meeting. The select board would have to be authorized to purchase land on behalf of the town by town meeting. So you could enter into an agreement with any seller of property mm -hmm. subject to the select board require obtaining approval at town meeting. Yeah, that was my question. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Any other questions? Um, Mr. Hiss, uh, do you have a question of either um, Sean or Ada before going to your point? It's the, the nature of my comments is going to be about uh, importance and urgency. This is clearly important. I'm trying to understand the urgency now. 
of February versus uh, May 1, which is nine weeks later. Can I just add something in terms of the urgency for the, the land swap? Um, as, as Sean mentioned earlier, uh, that after town meeting approves the land swap, it then has to, before it becomes final, it has to go through the state legislature, which only would be in session until the end of June. And, and if that didn't happen, then we would have to wait until they came back into session in the fall. So we would lose about six months of time on the project. Um, and that would be the hope that we would be able to um, take the time between February and um, when the state legislature uh, finishes this session to get their approval. Mr. Zulis. Thank you, Mr. Chair, and, I, and, I, and I'll, I'll uh, address uh, um, what I think uh, relates to the urgency. Uh, in addition to what uh, what Ada said, um, uh, one of the goals here is to save time and save money, as Sean mentioned. Uh, if we have to go to trailers, uh, it's going to be seven million dollars. That's the estimate at this point. Uh, if we have to do that in the short term, if we're able to do something with Font Bond, there's a possibility that we could. We could, uh, we might not have to go that route, we might, we, or we might be able to go another route uh, if it's for a shorter period of time. If we're not talking about three to five years to build a building, right? So there's a possibility we can not only save time but save money. Um, and then Ada mentioned the the, the issue with Gal Road with respect to to Fontbonne. Um, this we're we're dealing in the private sector, uh, right? Um, uh, I can tell you that that uh, when we negotiated the land for 432 Adams Street, uh, we did have a seller. There was no competition, but we did have a seller who who agreed that uh, for a period of time, period of weeks, we could make it subject to town meeting. That was for a period of weeks. Um, it seems to me that, and Bob, you know the private sector very well. It seems to me if we went to a a a seller and said, well, uh, we'll get back to you in six months. Uh, that might make a the, an offer or a, a an opportunity for PNS a lot less than if we can say we'll get back to you in in, in two months or three months. So so um, you know we, we need to be if we're going to try to save money and save time we need to be somewhat nimble here and and I think that argues well in favor of moving forward in February so we can uh, ideally have uh, both both of these options for town meeting to weigh and to weigh time and money and educational need and to make a decision. Um, and so so I think um, I think it's very important that we move forward on these and uh, and and try to save the town time and money and uh, and move forward to to serve the to serve the students as best we can. Mr. O'Rourke. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, just echoing what what Ada said, um, you know, the the timing of this with the state legislature was something that, you know, our our committee was ready for last May. Um, you know, we, we voluntarily pulled this back with the hope of trying to hit, you know, th this current town meeting that's coming up in December. And you know, with with the work for BSC, you know, we we were not able to hit that. Um, you know, pushing this to May and delaying it even further is problematic for us. Um, the, the component of, of Fontbonne, as Mike alluded to, 
um, you know, we're bidding against private sector people and I would not want the, um, you know, the optics of us trying to delay this to, you know, not go after Frampon to make the, the land swap look better um, be anything that we're doing either. Uh, my goal is, you know, has always been to address the problem of overcrowding in our town, you know, as quickly as efficiently as we can. Um, and I appreciate any support we could get on that. Thank you. Uh, seeing no other questions, um, Mr. Moderator, again, welcome. The floor yeah, thank is you. Yeah, my uh, comments are about process, not content. Um, by the way, I, I hope Ada and Sean are getting a chance to smile some through this <laughs> laborious work. Sean, I remember you walked up to me at town meeting and boy, be careful what you ask for. Um, might, <laughs> might be uh, your, uh, your thought right now. Um, so my thought is, uh, you know, we have a regular cadence of the annual town meeting and the, and the special town meeting in the fall. And I think the warrant committee and the, and the town meeting members are willing to do something that's important and urgent. And that's what I was listening for tonight. Because as you know, uh, the budgets for the, from, uh, um, the town administrator and, and you know, the school committee are due on December 1, and then the Warren Committee digs into the budget and usually the 50-plus articles we get for the annual town meeting. And so a fall is uh, disruptive to the Warrant Committee, less so for the town meeting members if it's uh, we're going to talk about a night or two, but really for the Warrant Committee. So if it was important but not urgent, like, you know, a heart attack is important and urgent, but exercise is important but not urgent. So if this is a heart attack but not exercise, then I think the Warrant Committee is willing to dig in and and disrupt their plans and do things. So that's all I'd ask you to think about is if you think, yep, this is important and urgent, then I think the Warren Committee and the town meeting will dig in. If it's only nine Mondays later and it's important but not urgent, then I'd hope we can return to kind of our regular normal cycle that COVID kind of disrupted for a while. Those are my only comments, Mr. Chair and, and select board members. They're very much appreciated, Mr. Moderator. Thank you. And um, we've heard the expression, the new normal for a couple of years now. And uh, who knows what the new normal is going to be in town government. I remember the normal of a Saturday afternoon with Charlie Batchelder, one of your predecessors, completing business in about a four to five hour time frame. That's, that's history. And uh, we're on a different path. And maybe one of the things that we can do is, is collaborate together and see what in this changing world of um, fast moving dynamics, we might need to um, consider for the future of uh, town meeting and the betterment of the town of Milton as it does its very important business. New forces every day uh, being felt. Well, I recall in 2017 or 2018, we got town meeting done in one night. I think we were done by 1030, 50 some articles. So it's it's possible if the town has uh, you know coalesced around their priorities, we can things can move quickly. Absolutely. And a lot of people decide that. Thank you very much. Any questions for our moderator? Let's return um, to the discussion of the February 27th proposed uh, town meeting. We have a proposed motion. I'll make a motion, Mr. Chair. I'll make a motion to approve a special town meeting beginning Monday, February 27th, 2023. Thank you. Ms. Bradley, is there a second to the motion? Second. Thank you. It's moved and seconded. Discussion? 
Uh, seeing none, uh, by roll call vote. Um, Mr. Zulis? Yes. Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Sorry, I said yes. It was muted. Sorry. You missed the Doyle yes. That motion is followed by an additional motion uh, to move to approve the timeline for the special town meeting of uh, for a 27 2020. It should be three in the document. Okay. And we saw that in our materials. Mr. Chair, uh, I'll make a motion to approve the timeline. Do you want me to read the, uh, the dates? Probably the best. I think it would be helpful. Thank you for your willingness to do that, Mr. Zolas. Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll move to approve the following timeline for the, the February 27, 2023 special town meeting. Thursday, December 8th, uh, and Thursday, December 8th, and Thursday, December 15th, advertised in the Milton Times. Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023, select board to close the warrant. Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. Uh, email all articles to the Warrant Committee. Uh, Tuesday, January 17th, select board to approve index page, reading pages, and warrant. Monday, January 30th, 2023, warrant to the printer. Monday, February 6th, 2023, printer deliver, printer to deliver warrant to the post office. Friday, February 10th, uh, 2022, warrants posted and in homes. Uh, Monday, February 27th, 2023, special town meeting. Thank you, Mr. Zulis. Any questions or comments? Uh, seeing none, we have a motion. It has been seconded. Any further discussion? By roll call vote, Mr. Zulis? Yes. Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. Mr. Doyle? Yes. Thank you. We now move on to item number five, which is a discussion. Um, relative to the town treasurer position, uh, recognizing that uh, we have had uh, in place a very capable and well-respected town treasurer and Jim McCullough for a good number of years to the advantage of the town of Milton. Um, Mr. McAuliffe has uh, decided to retire um, and uh, this brings thinking uh, back to uh, the nature of the town treasurer position and the fact that uh, previously a town government study committee uh, and the Department of Revenue had recommended uh, that this become an appointed position rather than an elected uh, position in the town of Milton. Um, at the time, uh, this was last entertained by the community there was uh, a referendum. Uh, we had an experienced incumbent elected town treasurer in place at that time in the referendum to move, if I recall correctly, um, and correct me if I need to be corrected, um, did not uh, succeed. That was a, a referendum to move from um, an elected to an appointed uh, town treasurer. So that's some of the background as I have it for our discussion and consideration. Um, Mr. Milano, do you have any additional information that you can share with the board on uh, this particular matter? 
No, I just want to, um, you know, first thank uh, Jim for partnering with our office um, very closely since day one, since I started, um, and congratulating him on his pending retirement coming up in the spring. Um, you know, I think broad strokes, uh, when we talk about these um, crucially important financial positions of a town, I think there's a preference, and you, you see it across Massachusetts, where I believe the numbers from the town government study committee are 80% of municipalities um, have appointed um, treasurers, and those that have some elected in recent years have moved away from that towards appointed. Um, you don't see the trend go the other direction. I think um, with an appointed position um, that works within our financial team structure, um, reporting to the financial director would work well in terms of attracting strong, highly qualified candidates um, with experience in municipal finance or if not necessarily direct experience in municipal finance, um, the experience necessary and knowledge necessary to, to accomplish those important tasks for the town. So uh, I think big picture certainly um, would be interested in hearing this conversation, uh, learning more about your thoughts. And um, But generally, I would say that um, moving to an appointed would, um, would make sense, I think, long-term for the town's um, financial team and financial setup. Uh, thank you. Before moving uh, to the table for discussion, um, I had hoped that um, Mr. Hiss would have been able to uh, attend this particular part of the discussion. Apparently, his schedule didn't permit him to do Mr. so. Mr. Chair, he's still in the attendee pool. I'm happy to promote him if you'd like him to. Okay, yes, please. Um, Bob, I thought with uh, this topic, you might want to sit in. Um, and I was uh, hoping that I hadn't um, missed you all together to thank you for participating in the meeting and contributing to the select board's deliberations. Okay. We're very appreciative of that. So, uh, Matter, before the uh, select board at this time is a discussion of the town treasurer position. Any comments on board members? Yes, Ms. Musto. Thank you. Um, would this be a position that the Strong Town Administrator would hire for? Or we, could we make that the appointing authority? How would that work? Mr. Milano. Um, so the way that town meeting warrant article is drafted in 2018 stated that in that, if in that situation, um, the article stated that it would be appointed by the town administrator. The town administrator statutes does state that all department heads are appointed by the town administrator. Um, but a warrant article can certainly go in whichever direction um, as would be written. But um, if, if it would left to default, it would be a department head appointed by the town administrator, um, if not spelled out in a different situation in the, in the article. Thank you. Other questions or comments from board members? Mr. Zoulis. Thank you, Mr. Chair. So, so this is something that um, was recommended by the Town Government Study Committee, recommended by the Department of Revenue. Um, we have uh, discussed this before. Um, and uh, and uh, when we discussed it before, 
I mean, maybe it was two years ago or three years ago. I can't remember what it was. Um, uh, I was not in favor of putting it back on the ballot um, um, because I thought I thought Jim did a fine job and uh, and I was not in favor of do, doing it, putting it back on the ballot while Jim was uh, still there, frankly. Um, uh, however, uh, since Jim has decided to, decided to retire, um, my, my thought has changed. Uh, I, think, I think it may be, uh, may be time to um, give the voters a, 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 another opportunity to look at this, um, to look at it um, kind of in a vacuum uh, without an incumbent, uh, a treasurer who's been there. Uh, there there's, a, there's a statistic that I'll get wrong, but Jay Fundling told, uh, told me since 1947, there's only been maybe one or two contested elections for treasurer, something like that. It's a, it's, it's quite a statistic, but, but I think it's, I think this is something uh, that uh, that um, uh, we have a unique opportunity here, and there's some synergy uh, to a February town meeting considering that this so it could be on the ballot in April, since uh, that's when Jim is, um, I think that's when Jim is planning on retiring. Um, so there's, there's some synergy there. And, um, so I, 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 I lean in favor of, um, uh, letting town meeting, uh, discuss and consider whether this should go on the ballot. And then if town meeting does letting the voters decide whether we should move in this direction. And I do think there's a, a time synergy, uh, given Jim's plans, uh, if we were to do it in February and then put it on the ballot, uh, put it on the ballot for, um, for April. Um, Mr. Hiss. Yes, if I step out of my moderator role for a minute and go back in time to serving on the town government study committee, uh, this is something we looked at and I was part of a subcommittee made up of Chair Rick Neely and Leroy Walker and myself. And it was all part of the thinking of the strong town administrator and the desire to help the select board move to become a policy board rather than having to become a multi-headed CEO organization and to give the, the, the town administrator the full responsibility for the non-school part of the budget. The challenge we had was uh, if a town of Milton size, and I think the budget last year was what, $135 million. And even when I was looking at this seven or eight years ago, it was uh, 105 or 100, $100 million. Getting to be pretty substantial with uh, just the operating side of it, um, the investment side of it, the bonding side of it, um, with the, the function of uh, kind of the, the collections and the investments and the and the bonding split to the elected treasurer versus the town administrator then be responsible for all the operational side. It made it difficult to see could the town get um, a chief financial officer, so to speak, with the with the work hived off into two parts. And so we thought it was an important evolution for the town to have that chief financial officer concept reporting to the town administrator, and yet no chief. We didn't think a chief financial officer worth their salt would take the role someone you'd want would take the role lacking the, the, that cash collections uh, and the investments and the bonding side. So for that reason, we said, because of the sophistication of the town and the importance of the imbuing that kind of capability in the, in the town administrator, it made sense to have the CFO. And that made sense if the treasurer was reporting to the CFO. So that was what we as a subcommittee developed and recommended to the, um, to the full um, town government study committee which then led to our recommendation to put it on the ballot. 
And the political timing, I think, is now perhaps fortuitous to take a new look at that, as Mr. Zula said. Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Any further comments? Uh, yes, Ms. Bradley. And Mr. Chair, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Hess. I believe that the Warrant Committee, it also was approved by the Warrant Committee unanimously in 2018 when it went before us. I believe um, that's right, yes. My position hasn't changed since 2018, um, unlike my my cohort here, Mr. Dew. Um, I think this is a great idea. I think it's perfect timing, and it's something that um, will help align our town government in a much more um, structured way. So thank you, and I'm here for this. Thank you. A very productive uh, discussion is the will, is it the will of the select board to have this on its next agenda as uh, an action item based upon this conversation? Because tonight it is solely for discussion purposes. I see a number of heads moving in the affirmative, so uh, we'll make a notation for that. And uh, Mr. Moderator, we have one other annual town meeting item, and that's item number six, discussion approval, annual town meeting, Monday, May 1, 2023. Uh, Mr. Milano, can we turn to you for this, please? Sure, we didn't want to cause too much confusion by having two different action items on two different town meetings, but it's starting to get closer to time to start thinking about and planning for the annual town meeting, so we figured we should um, grab it now while we can. Um, we provided a timeline in your packets, which would have the select board closing the warrant on January 11th, um, and then getting the articles over to the warrant committee shortly thereafter, um, with an eye towards that May town meeting with getting the warrant printed off to the printer at the end of March, um, and finalized in April so that they're in everybody's mailboxes on time and posted in the warrant and posted in the post office on time. Um, so we just want to get this notification out to folks who might be thinking about annual town meeting warrant articles so they're aware of these deadlines and can start drafting and submitting their articles to select board for inclusion in the warrant. Thank you, Mr. Lyle. Any comments from members of the board? Mr. Hiss, any comment on your password? I'm all in favor of annual town meeting, so <laughs> it keeps you employed. <laughs> yes. We have a motion. A uh, big salary. Yes. <laughs> I didn't want to go down that road. <laughs> we have a motion to approve the long closing date for the annual town meeting scheduled for May 1, 2023. Consider that please a motion. Is there a second to it? A second. Thank you, Ms. Busto, is there um, with the motion seconded uh, the roll call vote? Mr. Zulas? Yes. Uh, Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Busto? Yes. Mr. Doyle, yes. And now we move to approve the timeline for the annual town meeting. Does somebody want to read that motion and the attendant uh, schedule for the public's purpose? I can read it if you'd like. Um, you, January 11th, 23, select board to close the warrant at 5 p.m. January 17th, select board approve the warrant, approve articles for inclusion. On the 18th, articles would be sent to the warrant committee. 
On February 7th, the Select Board would approve the warrant creating an index page. On um, March 21st, we have a tentatively scheduled for the chair of the warrant committee to meet with the Select Board um, to present the warrant and answer questions, Select Board to approve the warrant. Uh, the warrant would then be sent to the printer uh, the next day on the 22nd of March, 31st of March, we get our proof, make our final changes for April 7th. It's in the post office and mailed to town meeting members on April 12th. The annual town election is the 25th of April, followed by the annual town meeting on May 1st. Thank you, Mr. Milano. Now is there a motion to approve the, that timeline? I'll make a motion to approve that timeline. Is there a second, please? I'll second it. Thank you, Ms. Bradley. Moved and seconded. Mr. Zulis? Yes. Um, Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Mustow? Yes. And Mr. Doyle? Yes. Thank you. Um, Mr. Moderati, you're welcome to uh, uh, stay for the entire meeting or as much of it as your time permits. It's a pleasure having you with us. Uh, that would put me on overtime, and I wouldn't want to do that to the people's budget. So I'll, I'll leave you to you it. You'd have to see Mr. Zulis. He's our new cashier or payroll master. Yeah, I'll, we, don't want, we, don't want that, we don't want that time and a half, Bob. No, no, not on my watch. All right. Thanks all. Thank all you right. very much, Bob. At this time, item number seven, discussion update, Master Plan, Plan Implementation Committee, MPIC. Uh, we have a Chair Cheryl Tejias uh, with us to discuss the MPIC goals. Priority projects and planning for extension of the MPIC beyond its 10 year term, as well as intentions to the updating of the master plan. Uh, Cheryl, welcome. Thank you, Mr. Chair and members of the select board. It's great to have you with us, and the floor is yours. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Um, the master plan implementation committee um, has been meeting regularly, as you may well. Uh, recognize and in particular the last three meetings, three or four meetings, we've done a pretty deep dive into the 120 plus uh, implementation goals that are part of the, our implementation strategies that are part of the seven goals of the master plan. And we've been doing that uh, in preparation for uh, our report to town meeting, to you and to the planning board. Uh, also, with um, tenure duration, end of committee duration, or end of committee charge, um, sort of uh, hovering in the future, not too far out. And so, um, while I hope to have a little bit more to report on what our recommendations are going to be, uh, we're not quite ready for that. But what I can tell you is, uh, we've decided as a group that the town as a whole has at least started to make some progress on most of the 120 plus strategies. There's only a handful or maybe two handfuls that we think are complete and that we've actually achieved everything in the strategy. And there are a number of them uh, that we feel as if are maybe 50% complete. So what we'd like to do in our next meeting, which will uh, be in December, um, is really now discuss where we think um, we've made substantial progress, where we think we have more progress to make, and where we think we really need to focus some attention in the next year and a half or two. We discussed briefly that we, we think that um, uh, a, a plan such as this um, should be updated on a regular basis. 
and it's likely that we will recommend that it be updated, um, but we're not quite at that uh, position at this time. So thinking ahead to what that means in terms of budgets, when we did the plan 2013 and 2014, um, there was an allocation or an expenditure of about $125,000. Um, at that time, though, the plan hadn't been updated since the 1970s. And so it was uh, quite a bit of work to, uh, to get the plan to the, to the point that it was delivered to us at the end of 2014. So we've asked the planning department to explore what it might cost to update the plan that's 10 years old. And we should have some more information uh, for you for that. Uh, so what we are doing is recommending uh, that uh, a budget expenditure for the next fiscal year consistent with last year's so of $30,000, which could be applied towards implementation uh, strategies. And then I'm, I think we're likely to recommend that the following fiscal year include a larger amount, which would uh, be for updating the plan itself. And uh, that is as far as I can uh, provide you with an update this evening, but I'm happy to take any questions you may have. Uh, thank you. Um, I have several, but my colleagues first, please. Roxanne. Hi, Cheryl. Um, I just want to uh, mention, if I may, uh, Roxanne, Ms. Musto for the public is the representative of the select board to the Master Plan Implementation Committee. Thank you. Um, yeah, I would say that we're definitely working hard on that. Lots of little categories that we've all been working on, all the members. So I think that's been good. Um, and there, I just wanted to say that some of the goals, although some are not fully met, there are several that are ongoing, um, that are things that are always going to be ongoing. So I think that's important to note too. Thank you. All those. Thanks, Roxanne. Thank uh, you. Cheryl, can you give us a sense, unless they missed it, of um, what your timeline would be to begin the updating? You don't want to wait until time has expired to start. Uh, that would be a tremendous opportunity cost for the town. So I suspect you have a backup date. Um, I don't know if one's been determined yet, but are you thinking along those lines? Well, uh, we wanted to see if, um, again, to having gone through 120 plus uh, strategies, um, we got to the end of our, uh, that group last night at about 1030. And so we felt as if we need at least one more meeting to regroup and kind of go discuss whether we think that some of these strategies um, retain their significance um, today and whether some energy should be put towards their implementation as soon as possible. So for example, last night we, uh, we voted to uh, support uh, some additional studies relative to uh, the needs for the library in terms of parking and, um, and how the, their parking needs might uh, overlap with needs of parking at town center. And um, supporting the library as a community um, center was one of the strategies in the master plan. Um, and it's, it's been something that the library trustees have been working on and have asked us to work with them to help them move forward. So that's something that's in the works. We're going to apply funds towards and there'll be some additional work um, 
uh, likely in uh, at least in the beginning of next year. And so things like that, we want to we want to go back through and see what else it is that we should spend some energy in implementing sooner rather than waiting till the plan's updated. Uh, so I'll have a better idea, as, as I mentioned, uh, you know, Mr. Doyle, uh, after we have the discussion in December and possibly into January. So I'm happy to come back um, with some further updates uh, after we have those discussions. That would be wonderful. Um, you read my mind and having um, you return sometime after the first of the year that would be mutually beneficial would be um, to everybody's advantage. Um, several of the, the uh, mission elements for a master plan implementation committee have a strong overlap with the Community Preservation Act, housing, uh, open space, and so on down the line. I was just curious as to uh, the interface uh, that the MPIC and the Community Preservation Committee uh, might be initiating because of that. Is that something that's feasible? It is um, feasible. It hasn't happened yet in terms of a joint meeting or a joint discussion, but I do think it's a good idea. It obviously, um, uh, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but one of the recommendations in the master plan itself is to adopt you know, the CPA. And so um, it helps uh, with funding towards things that are addressed in the, in the master plan certainly open space, historic preservation, affordable housing are all important components of the master plan and funding sources was one of the, uh, identifying funding sources and pursuing them was also a strategy. And so uh, I, I do uh, agree that some collaboration with the CPC committee is a good idea. And I will reach out to the chair to initiate that. Thank you. Um... Another uh, point of interest, at least on my part, is one that was discussed during the select board retreat uh, about six weeks ago, and that had to do with economic development. And uh, I know from being once on the master plan implementation committee that um, there's an economic development issue uh, that's incorporated uh, by the state uh, within master plan name for communities. Is this something that is on the front burner? Um, and if so, uh, do you have any um, a sense of where the MPIC might be going on this? Because if we're going to be taking a look at it at the select board level, we certainly want to collaborate with you. I would say that that is something that we can speak about at one of our upcoming meetings. Uh, Mr. Doyle, we can look into those particular components of the master plan and uh, and get back to you on that. For our post-January meeting, that would be great. Yes, yes, that's and, right. Um, then there's also the, the um, you have a cultural committee in uh, the town, and I didn't know whether or not there's been an interface yet uh, between the MPIC and uh, the cultural committee particularly where the state um, oftentimes will provide uh, funding opportunities. And if that's something that might be put on the uh, agenda for consideration, there may or may not be any possible relationship there, but um, I wanted not to overlook it. Um, it's not specifically cited in uh, Section 81D of the 
chapter enabling master plan implementation committees, but uh, it may tie into things that you are working on, such as the library, which is certainly a cultural hub uh, for the town of Milton. Again, that's something I will look back into. Um, I don't recall that there's a, a lot of attention paid to cultural facilities in the current master plan. And one of the things that I've uh, personally been thinking about is what's missing in the master plan, what's changed in the last uh, 10 years. And that's something I've asked members to think about as well. Um, and if you folks have other ideas for what you think um, should be in a master plan, we can certainly check and see what's there now and make that part of our report about whether we think it's something that could be included in an update. We all know that uh, a significant change since the master plan was adopted are the number of 40B um, uh, projects that have been approved and what that might do to our affordable housing count in Milton. Also the MBTA communities legislation and what that may mean, climate change uh, and what that may uh, entail for us moving forward. So these are just some of the things that um, I think uh, are not as well covered 10 years ago as they might be moving forward. Uh, but again, other members will, may have other ideas and members of the public may have ideas. So um, we're going to have some conversations about that over the course of the next couple of meetings. But I welcome any suggestions. Thank you. And it's a two-way street. Um, we want to um, have you free to identify ways in which the select board can collaborate with the Master Plan Implementation Committee and support the work of the Master Plan Implementation Committee. And we have a, a perfect uh, relationship for that with uh, Roxanne's uh, serving on the MPIC. It's great to have that uh, two-way, if I can use that that term. Any other uh, questions or comments or suggestions for Cheryl while she's with us? I'll just add, if I may, um, please extend our thanks and appreciation to all the members of the Master Plan Implementation Committee, as well as staff that work with the committee for their hard work. It's most appreciated. Well, thank you. It's um, it's one of the things that I said recently to our most recent uh, appointee that, and to the people who weren't appointed is that um, Milton benefits greatly from all of the volunteer work of our uh, committee members and members of our elected board. So um, thank you for recognizing that, Chair Doyle. All of us, that's on behalf of all of us. Thank you very kindly for your time this evening. Good night. Thank Good you. Working with you. Happy Thanksgiving. And to you. And to all of you. We'll turn now to item number eight, a discussion and update on the Massachusetts Department of Transportation project at Route 28 and Chickatarba Road and select the select board uh, comment letter that was issued. Um, Mr. Milano, did you want to uh, share a couple of comments on that um, up front? Mr. Freytag, anything that you wanted to say on this topic before we go to a roundtable discussion? Sure, I could. Um, so the select board approved the letter at its meeting um, go Friday now. So just in terms of 
the letter has been posted to the town website. It has been submitted um, as part of the project file. Um, it has been sent in to the Secretary of Transportation and copied to our legislative delegation um, to make sure all those folks have seen it. Um, the letter is a couple pages long um, and details the select board's um, concerns as stated in their meeting on November 1st. Um, I'll just highlight the four bullet points that are kind of the focus points for the longer comments. Uh, need for specific responsiveness to community input and concerns. Lack of analysis of the potential impacts of the Route 28 corridor after the project is completed. Lack of an interim solution to improve safety immediately, and lack of detailed analysis of alternative alternative designs, such as a signalized intersection with dedicated left-hand turn lanes. Uh, like I mentioned, the, the full letter is on the town website. If anybody wants to take a look, and I'm happy to discuss it or answer any questions um, from you or from people, members of the public. If you have them, reach out to our office. We are available. Thank you. Questions. What is on my mind is what we might anticipate as a uh, response timeline from the Department of Transportation. Do we have any background or experience with that? We asked in that letter specifically for a timely response. That's, <laughs> I, I now in retrospect say, <laughs> I wish I'd put in a date. <laughs> Mr. Zillis. I'm not so sure, Mr. Chair, putting in a date would have made much of a difference. Um, our experience with the timeliness of a response has not been great, but uh, there's always hope for um, organizations and those uh, in positions of authority in those organizations uh, to change. Hope springs eternal. And we'll keep that optimistic viewpoint. Ms. Busto. Thank you. Um, and it should be noted that that letter also went to our um, delegation, correct? Yes. Yes. That's correct. Thank you. All, all um, three. three of our legislators. Very good. Any other firm comments? Seeing none, we will turn to agenda. Mr. Chair, can I ask something? Yes, I'm sorry. Did I miss anybody? Did we? No, it's just me. My hand didn't go up. Right. Just Roxanne made me think of something. Did um did we get any response from our delegation on the letter? Uh, I have not seen any yet myself. I don't know, Mr. Milano, if you've had uh, anything come across your transom. I've been in touch with staff um, in their offices. Thanks. Just let them know it was sent in and, and convey that and let them know that we're available if there's any follow-up that they need. So we've been in touch at that level. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Let's turn to item number nine on our agenda, discussion approval, multi-fire departments, educational incentives. And Mr. Milano, can we turn to you again, please? Sure, this is a procedural matter. Um, it's part of the contract with the fire department union. Um, their um, firefighters are eligible for um, payment depending on the number of uh, credits that they accumulate. Um, so the list was included in your packet. Um, they max out at a bachelor's degree at 120 credits. Um, the total for fiscal 23 would be $102,749.50, which is uh, the same amount it was last year. Um, there are no additional um, incentives being paid out, and the contract hasn't been updated, so there's been no changes to that um, per credit payment. 
Um, so that's just looking for your approval and these payments will be made for the contract in the first pay period in December. Thank you. Any questions for Mr. Milano on this item? There's a motion, please. Um, sure. Thank you. I'll move to approve the Milton Fire Department's request for educational incentives. Thank you. Is there a second, please? Second. Thank you, Mr. Silvis. It's moved and seconded. Any discussion? Seeing uh, none, we'll call vote. Oh. Ms. Musto. I'm just wondering if we have to put the dollar amount into this um, that we're saying. Good question. So it might be moved to approve Milton Fire Department's request for educational incentives. Total amount paid of $102,749.50. Is that? Yes. Okay. Is that approved by the second? It, it, it surely is. Thank you. Okay. Any further questions? Okay. We'll call vote. Mr. Zulis? Yes. Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. And Mr. Doyle? Yes. Thank you. Item number 10, discussion, approval, request for qualifications for design services, the town INAT, and update from the Municipal Broadband Committee. Uh, Mike, can we turn to you for that item? Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, the uh, Municipal Broadband Committee recommends uh, issuing this request for qualifications for design services for the a new INAT in town. This is the project uh, that uh, for which financing has been approved, uh, some $350,000 from the cable fund approved by town meeting, um, another $300,000, I believe, from ARPA fund from the state legislature, and another $700,000 in ARPA funding approved um, by this board uh, for which we need to make the application to Norfolk County. Um, this uh, request for qualifications took some time uh, we'd hope to have it done sooner, but uh, we opted to make sure we got it right. Uh, and so um, uh, you all may remember that we have we hired a consultant um, for which we would pay up to $5,000. I don't know what the final amount is. It might be less than that. Um, to make sure that we had the technical piece of this correct. And so um, uh, the town administrator has worked with our, our IT interim director with the schools the schools IT director with our uh, DPW chief um, Chase Berkeley uh, with our committee and with our consultant uh, entry point networks to develop this request for qualifications and we're, we're now confident that this uh, that this is not only legally appropriate um, but meets all the technical specifications that we need to get built what uh, town meeting wants us to get built. It was a very impressive document. Um, I wish I could take credit for it, but I, if it, if it were me, it would have been a lot worse and a lot earlier. <laughs> uh, questions of Mr. Zulis, please. And Mike, um, we want to thank you for all the work that you put into this. It's obviously been a labor of love. We have a motion on the floor. Mr. Zulis, do you want to make that motion? Sure, I'll make a motion to approve and issue the request for qualifications for design services for the town INET. Is there a second to the motion? I'll second that. I'll Thank second you. that. 
Thank you, Ms. Bradley. Move to the seconded. Any discussion? Uh, seeing none, roll call vote. Mr. Zilvas? Yes. Ms. Bradley? I think you're frozen. Oh, she's coming back. Yes. it again? Yes, yes, I hear it. Yes. Ms. <laughs> yes. And Mr. Doyle, yes. Thank you. Mr. Chair, um, Mr. Wells has joined the meeting. Just so Thank you. Know. Richard, welcome. Good evening. I've been here, Mr. Chair. I've been listening for a while. I just couldn't get in as a panelist. Did, did, you, did you want to add a yes? On Go ahead. I'll vote yes on that. Yes. Okay. So we'll record Mr. Wells as being in the affirmative as well. Thank you. Uh, we um, are now going to be addressing an easement matter. Um, and Kevin, uh, can we turn to you for this? Mr. Chair, actually, if I may, I just want to introduce this. So um, Thank in you. Terms of this is for the general access easement. Uh, we do need to do a request for proposals for that. Um, Cliff Roads and, and Kevin's office and the Office of Town Council has been working on this and has submitted us a draft. Um, we didn't have a chance to, to provide us with a select board um, tonight for approval, um, but it would be a request for proposals just to use that access easement, which would be clearly um, defined for the property owner in terms of who we anticipate to respond to it. So um, if the board's okay and, and acceptable, I would ask that um, you consider um, granting us the authority to, to put the finishing touches on it and release it. Um, alternatively, we can bring it back on December 6th for your approval once it's um, finalized and ready to go. Uh, thank you. Mr. Freitag, did you want to add to Mr. Milano's comments? No, I really don't have anything to add, but I, I do think that uh, Mr. Milano makes a good suggestion, which is the board, given that we know exactly sort of what this is, which is uh, our fulfilling a requirement to put an RFP out regarding the disposition of some property rights in this particular parcel uh, in order to accommodate a road up to this to the development that is, is being built uh, in, in relation to the easement. I think it makes sense for the board to perhaps give us the approval to put that together and send it out because we can do that probably within the next week. So we have a motion to entertain. Mr. Chair, I'll make the motion. Um, I moved. I moved to approve the request for. Nope, wrong one. I moved to approve the request for proposals for general access easement over a parcel of land approximately shown as Access Road, Town of Melton, forty. That's feet wide on land entitled Plan of Land Access Road, Milton, Massachusetts, dated August 26, 2022. Thank you, Ms. Bradley. And you did have the right one. Is there a second to Ms. Bradley? I will second. Thank you, Ms. Musto. Any discussion? And thank you, Nick and Kevin, for your comments. Roll call vote. Mr. Solis? Yes. Ms. Bradley? I'm sorry, Mr. Yes. Wells? Yes. Ms. Bradley? <laughs> yes. Ms. Mustang? Yes. And Mr. Doyle, yes. Thank you. We turn to item number 12, Finance Committee Report. 
Uh, Mr. Solis, can we turn to you? We have uh, two items, discussion approval, the market rescue plan, and um, discussion update on the FY 2024. Sure. Uh, sure. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, the Finance uh, Committee met this morning uh, with um, um, Mr. Milano and Ms. Dexter and uh, the um, uh, several school committee members and uh, finance, uh, head of finance for the school committee as well. Um, uh, our first item of business here is the opera recommendation for a small business grant. Um, having reviewed the application of the Boston Irish Tourism Association uh, and requested additional information and reviewed that additional information, um, the Finance Committee voted to recommend uh, that the Select Board approve a small business grant in the amount of $23,250 um, to the Boston Irish Tourism uh, Association for its website design and development to help it recover from its um, uh, uh, its um, uh, deficiencies caused by COVID. Thank you, Mr. Zolos. We have a motion. I'll read the motion. Move to accept the recommendation of the Finance Committee to approve a small business grant in the amount of $23,250 to the Boston Irish Tourism Association. Did I get that figure correct, Mr. Zolos? Yep. Thank you. Let's do a second to the motion, please. I'll second it. I'll second it. <laughs> Thank you, Ms. Um, Any questions? Seeing none, roll call vote. Mr. Zolas? Yes. Mr. Wells? Yes. Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. And Mr. Doyle, yes. Discussion update on the FY24 budget. Hi, Nick. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Chair. So uh, uh, additionally, at our meeting this morning, um, the town administrator and um, our uh, head of finance uh, presented a uh, financial projection, um, not only for FY24, but uh, through FY28. And these are just, uh, uh, just uh, general figures based on certain assumptions, and the assumptions are uh, provided as well. Um, and they show uh, where, uh, just as a general matter and as a guideline, where we think we're going to be. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done on FY24 um, in order to refine those numbers. Um, and in terms of timing, um, we're expecting the an FY22 closeout soon, at which point um, by the end of the month, as anticipated, um, those numbers would be presented to the Department of Revenue uh, with the goal of getting a um, certification for free cash, if there is any, based on those numbers. Um, and then uh, we also anticipate that we'll be in a position on December 6th to, um, to vote on the tax recap, tax recapitalization. Um, so I think, um, I'm not sure, we, we only received that um, spreadsheet with the projections and the backup um, last night or this morning, might have been last night. I don't know if it's gone to everyone. Um, if it hasn't, it will. Um, but um, a lot of good work done by Amy Dexter um, and Nick and, and Mr. Milano as well uh, in order to come up with not only a, a um, an initial projection for what we're looking at for FY24, but extending it out through FY28. So um, uh, more to come on that, more work to be done. 
um, um, but uh, but a good start. Thank you, Mr. Zulas. Uh, questions for uh, Mr. Zulas? Mr. Malone? I just wanted to add um, one point of information that we received today. Amy um, Dexter and, and Charlie O'Shea, the, the town's chief appraiser, had a conversation with the Department of Revenue in preparation for submitting uh, free cash certification as well as setting the tax rate. Um, all the submittals that we are we have to submit to the Department of Revenue are due over the next few weeks as we um, make progress towards that. Um, they did indicate that the Department of Revenue is facing the same staffing challenges as other municipalities, uh, state agencies, and private employers, and um, cautioned us on expectations of getting a certified free cash number um, in the near term. Even if we submit for certification, it sounds like um, between getting through the tax rates they need to do, as well as all the other requests for free cash, that it would be the end of January that we can expect uh, the DOR to certify the town's free cash, which is um, a little bit later than would be typical in an annual year, but we just wanted to give that information um, since we just received it this afternoon in, in terms of as we think about the budget, we won't know that free cash number until a little bit later than we would like, but um, we're all kind of dealing with some of the same issues. Stay tuned is the message, right? We will, it's very important. Um, Mike and Aaron, can you give us a little bit of an update on where we are with APRA? Are we going to be able to uh, uh, zero out our allocations, uh, do you think, uh, both uh, the direct federal grant and the uh, funds coming to Milton to Norfolk County? So, uh, so I, I think um, uh, now that we have completed the small business grants, uh, now we can go through and see exactly where we are with the amount. Um, and, and there were, there were um, some items that the town administrator is trying to readjust uh, into other sources of fundings to see, to see how much we have. So, so I think the process, Mr. Chair, is to, is to, is to over the next couple of weeks, uh, determine exactly where we are in terms of what we have left. And then we can uh, publish that and um, and and determine you know what areas we might want to deploy those funds into or whether we want to hold on to them because uh, because you know we do have we do have up until the end of 2024 to deploy those funds and so sure. so I think my, my thought and Aaron please jump in my thought was let's 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 uh, uh, lock in on what we have for a number and we should be able to do that in the next couple of weeks and then make a judgment about deployment of, uh, of those, those additional funds. Appreciate it. Um, and maybe we can look to having this as an agenda item sometime after the first of the year, um, yeah. the time that uh, you recommend doing so following your work on the, the finance committee. Maybe before that, Mr. Chair, but, uh, but uh, uh, we'll see. Okay, love the ambition. Yeah. One, one final thing, if I may, Mr. Chair, we also Please. we also reviewed a draft policy on other post-employment benefits liability, um, which was uh, prepared and proffered by um, Mr. Milano. Uh, very well done. The importance of getting this policy in place prior to the first of the year is that it is something that the ratings agencies in, uh, are looking for from us. And so in order to 
in order to put our best foot forward. We think it's important to get this get this policy in place. Um, Ms. Bradley and I had some suggestions. Um, so I think it's going to be revised, but uh, you, I think you have a draft of that. I hope everyone has a draft. If not, uh, you will. Um, and uh, our hope is to get that approved uh, uh, sometime in December at the latest. So we want to just kind of highlight that now, get people uh, uh, thinking about it, get it top of mind, so we can make sure that we can get something approved in December so uh, we, again, put our best foot forward for the ratings agencies. I just say I think that's very, very wise. Um, I gave it a first pass today and realized in doing so that I really needed to uh, put this aside and spend some serious time on it. We know that it's um, very important to a number of our constituents as well as to our employees, of course. So thank you for that. We'll turn uh, at this time to item number 13, which is the select board retreat. And we have some ongoing work uh, for that, which um, we hope to get to everybody following the um, uh, December town meeting and maybe after the first of the year so that we have a cohesive wrap up. But I, I don't want us to lose um, what we deliberated on during that day, which is reflected in uh, talking with our chair of the Master Plan Implementation Committee about economic development. And Mr. Milano and I have had conversations uh, on that as well. Um, we, we talked about um, charter review during that meeting as well in the discussion that we had earlier this evening may be reflective of um, how we go about doing that. Uh, we all, um, tune up our automobiles, get them serviced, we tune our pianos every once in a while, we make sure we take ourselves to the various medical um, services that we need uh, to pay attention to. And um, maybe there's a way in which we can think about um, how we tune up or pay attention to uh, our charter and whether or not um, we set or peg uh, a means of doing that uh, so that we don't suffer ultimately in Milton from uh, institutional drift that can be extremely costly. One possibility might be to do, and this is just a theoretical example, uh, do something like uh, pegging a uh, one-year review uh, of the charter town government structure uh, following every census so that every 10 years the automatically be in place a, um, a means or a mechanism whereby we take a look at it, town takes a look at it, sees whether anything needs to be fine-tuned there. If so, recommend it out. If not, all's well and good. But at least uh, we're del diligent and we've uh, paid attention uh, to it as we should. Just again, a thought, um, we can put it on the table for when we discuss our, our goals and objectives uh, being finalized and the work of the um, retreat. And certainly we have a, a lot to take a look at with respect to the, uh, the schools, other topics that are of concern to people include uh, traffic mitigation. And we have the work that is underway with the broadband, just to name a few. Any comments or questions or advice?
We have uh, now uh, item number 14 on the agenda, if I'm in the correct place. This would be committee appointments uh, versus the airplane noise advisory committee. Uh, I want to, as we take up that topic, note that I filed the disclosure of appearance of conflict of interest on October 27th with the town clerk's office as uh, one of the uh, named um, individuals is um, someone with whom I have no direct relationship or affiliation. This is Mr. Raj Pathak, but my son, Brendan Doyle, is a business associate of um, Mr. Pathak in the Pathak Group of Morgan Stanley. Any business that I have with the group is with my son. And so I want to let you know that that filing uh, has been made and is in the town clerk's office. Mr. Bolano, may I turn to you, please? Sure. Um, we provided some background information um, ahead of tonight's meeting um, to provide um, just a summary of where these applicants came from, the information that they submitted to the board. Um, the Airplane Noise Advisory Committee did uh, make a recommendation to the select board of Mr. Pathak to be appointed to the committee. Um, in the intervening time period, as you know, uh, one of the members did resign from the committee, opening the second position. The committee met again um, last week to discuss a potential second recommendation. At that meeting, they did not make a recommendation. Um, it's been included on the agenda tonight to see if the select board wants to appoint one of the um, one of the applicants. Um, in the meantime, while we wait for a potential second recommendation from the committee, I'll note that. Um, Ms. The chair had reached out to the applicants to request additional information. They had not received anything from um, Ms. Sheedy McGonigal, um, but she had been traveling. Um, so uh, she wanted to give her the opportunity to provide the additional information before making a recommendation to the select board. Um, so that's the background for, for this evening. If you have any questions about the applicants received, the information we've received, um, or any anything else related to this, please, um, I'll be to answer them. Thank you, Mr. Milano. Any questions for Mr. Milano? There is a motion before the select board on this item. Ms. Bradley. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I just wanted to say, since I think I was the one that requested it at the last meeting, um, a big thank you to Mr. Milano and whoever else prepared mm -hmm. this document. For us, it was really um, easy to read. I understood the process, I understood the charge, I understood who had applied and what was going on. So this is this is the kind of document that just really um, synthesizes everything and makes it uh, easier for me personally to make a decision. So I just wanted to say thank you very much for doing this. It was very organized and um, something that I hope we can start to do moving forward, Mr. Milano. <laughs> thank you, Ms. Bradley. And thank you, Lynn. Do we have a motion? I'll make a motion, Mr. Chair. Um, I'll move to a point, and I, I apologize ahead of time, Raj Pathanek um, to the Airplane Noise Advisory Committee. Pathanek is his last name, Pathanek. Raj, Raj Pathanek is the way he pronounces his name. Thanks for the correction. 
for a term of one year. For the term of one year, yes, Mr. Chair. Thank you very much, Ms. Bradley. And Mr. Wells, is there a second? Were you seconding Mr. Wells? Is that your? No, I'm gonna actually abstain on the vote, Mr. Chair. Okay, thank you. Is there a second to Ms. Bradley's motion? I, I will second if I have a question. Thank you for the second and uh, please ask your question. My question is, I believe at the last meeting we had decided or talked about making the sec doing the two appointments together. I think that was the reason we had pushed it off. Um, so I'm wondering if the other board members are, are prepared to do a second name given our list. Mr. Milano, uh, is that where the Airplane Noise Advisory Committee is at the present time? Um, they they continue to push, um, make their recommendation for Mr. Pathak, but did um, say that they would be back with a second recommendation at a later date. Thank you, Mr. Milano. Mr. Zulis? Yeah, I, I, I just... Um, my view is uh, I'm, I'm prepared to move forward with with the one and and to um, uh, give the annex a little more time, particularly since one of the candidates was was away for a while. Uh, give the annex a little more time on the second one to make a recommendation. Thank you, Mr. Zulis. Ms. Musto. Do we have an idea when they might be meeting? Do we have an idea on that? I don't know if they've yet scheduled a follow-up meeting. Um, I do know that two of the members are traveling. So I believe the last indication I had from Ms. Conlon was that it might be a couple of weeks before they're able to reconvene. Yeah, she, I'm looking at an email now that they are, they will not be able to meet till at least after Thanksgiving as two of the other members are traveling. Okay, thank you. Any further discussion? Uh, seeing none, roll call vote. Mr. Zulis? Yes. Uh, Mr. Wallace, you abstained? Yes, Mr. Bradley? Mr. Wells abstained. Ms. Bradley? Yes. Uh, Ms. Musto? Yes. And Mr. Doyle, yes. Thank you. Next is uh, appointments to the Advisory Committee on Equity and Justice for All, Mr. Milano. Sure, thank you. Um, so as, as you know, and um, as actually was discussed at the prior meeting, um, we had been reaching out to the former members of the, well, the members of the committee that had performed work um, together on this issue. Uh, we had reached out to all of the members. We've heard from these three that they would like to continue their service. I haven't necessarily heard from the rest, so we may see future um, request for reappointment from other members who previously served, but these are the three who affirmed that they would be interested in continuing to serve. I'll note that um, Ms. Lattimore and Mr. Hart had indicated that they would be willing to serve um, in a transitional um, appointment type. So, you know, help the committee get its work back underway, um, pick up where they left off, but look to move off the committee um, in the medium term. Um, so, while we await for feedback from the other members, these are the three who would like to be appointed and at the same time, we'll begin advertising that this um, committee has been established and is seeking applicants. 
Thank you very much, Mr. Milano. Ms. Bradley, you're recognized. Thank you, Mr. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, if I could ask you, Mr. Milano, because I don't have my boards and committees chart in front of me, um, are there, is this a five-member committee, seven-member committee? 11 member with the it's chart. 11 members. And, um, and I, so out of the 11 members, these three would be the only ones that we would be reappointing at this point? Uh, yeah, these would be the three that would be appointed okay. um, at this point as we continue to reach out to the former members and start soliciting applications. Yep. I just wanted to make sure that new, if new folks from town wanted to apply to be on this committee, that we had the opportunity to make sure that there was also some new folks that, that had the chance to be a part of it, um, especially given the work that Roxanne and I are doing currently. So I just wanted to make sure that we weren't stacking the deck before we could even put out the word to folks that there's this committee and there's some openings. Um, my last question is, Is this, are they all one-year terms or are some three-year terms? Like, have we figured that out yet? Oh, I should have included that in the packet. I apologize. They're two-year terms, I believe. All of them? Hard. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, we have to modify the motion. It reads for a term of one year. Yep. I don't know that anybody's made a motion, but when they do, they should modify right. it. Ms. Mosto and then Mr. Zulis. Um, thank you. I had a, a question. Um, I know that the town had paid $50,000 for this, um, for KL Scott to come in and do an audit um, in terms of equity. And I'm wondering, do we have a full report yet back from them? And, and if so, did they have any suggestions regarding the committee in terms of maybe size or direction? Or I, I'm just trying to get a sense from that. That work is, is underway. They've completed the first of their, I think it was four um, separate essentially scopes under that contract. They're, they're underway under the second um, phase of that work. Um, and I know in terms of um, review of what this committee has worked on that we didn't ask them to necessarily look at this committee, but they did, um, they were sent the draft policy that was drafted by this committee for, for review and feedback to help draft the policy for the town. Um, on, on these issues. Mr. Silvas. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Just, just um, I don't remember um, this being a two, and I could be wrong, but this being a two-year term because it was a initial, uh, initially, and may, maybe the charge that we did last, last, um, last spring called for a two-year term. I just didn't, I just want to make sure that, 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 we're right on that as if that and if that's the case then that's the case um i think i think in the prior committee it was a one-year term i just didn't know if that's the if that's something we did to, um and i yeah and the charge that was approved by the board it did include it members shall be appointed for a two-year term and may be reappointed reappointed to serve for no more than a total of six consecutive years and ten there you go total. there you go Th thank you nick Ms. Foster, did you have a hand raised? Yes. Um, just wondering if given that Aaron and I are looking at all of the committees and we're going to be talking about the terms of the committees and things like that, are we thinking that we're going to do a one-year term or are we still going with the two-year term here? I just want to clarify that. Mr. Zillis? 
I mean, I, th that was the recommendation of the committee and that was the, the judgment of the select board uh, last spring that uh, that we go forward with that. So I, I don't, I'm, I'm um, you know, I'm sure there was a, I don't remember specifically the rationale, but I'm sure there was a good rationale for it. And it was something that was approved by the committee we have and then by the select board. So so I, I'm certainly supportive of it because we, we did it. Uh, we did it with some some consideration and thought before. Ms. Maslow. Thank you. Um, I'm just curious as to if we do two year terms, you know, it might impede other people who may want to get involved in this committee. And the people that are on here that are going up for reappointment have already been on. Is it two years at this point? Year and a half. Um, and so this could potentially be someone being on here for four years in a row. Um, so I'm just, I guess if I would rather do a one-year appointment and um, and go from there. Ms. Bradley. So I have a, I have a couple things, Mr. Chair. Um, one is if they, if the chart, if the charge of it says that a member can serve up to six years, I don't think the fact that these three members have been on there for two years, which I don't think they have. I think it's only been about a year. Um, I don't think that that matters. Anybody could ask for reappointment and they max out at six years. So that to me isn't as isn't concerning. Also, if there's 11 members and we've got three here that I've, I've been up really early this morning on a finance committee, so math is not my friend, but it means that we have like eight other open positions right now. Is that right? Yes, eight open positions. So we definitely can at least get um, more folks involved. My next piece of this is, can we even change that without voting to change the charge of it first? If the charge says that they have to be appointed for two years, don't we have to appoint them for two years? We'd have to completely go back and change the way that it was drafted. And I'm not prepared to do that this evening. Thank you, Ms. Bradley. Mr. Zillis. Thank you, Mr. Chair. And just to assuage any concerns about people being willing to join, we had about upwards of 40 applications for this committee uh, in, in, in August of July and August of 2020. I believe it was, was it 2020? Yeah, it would have been 2020. So, uh, so we didn't want for uh, people wanting to be in, involved in, and at that point it was an 18 month uh, position. Um, that was 18 month subject to, to extension. So, um, so I think I, 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 I understand the concern, but I, I, I think with this committee, given the interest that it engendered, uh, has engendered, I, I don't think that would be, I don't think that would be a concern. Any further discussion? If not, we have a motion. Mr. Chair, I'll make a motion. I move to appoint the following individuals to the Advisory Committee on Equity and Justice for All for a term of two years, Patricia Lattimore, Christopher Hart, and Linda Champion. Thank you, Ms. Bradley. Is there a second, please? Second. Thank you, Mrs. Willis. Any further discussion? Seeing none, by roll call vote, please. Mr. Zulis? Yes. Mr. Wells? Yes. Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. And Mr. Doyle, yes.
Item number 15. Uh, this will be a uh, discussion and approval going back to the meeting minutes of September 7, 2022. Um, Nick, could you give us a little bit of a background so that everybody's on the same wavelength with this? Sure. As was um, discussed briefly at the last meeting um, on September 7th, that the board did vote um, not to extend the youth task force. Um, and on the meeting agenda that evening, uh, the item was up for a discussion only. It was not up for discussion approval. So um, when we craft these agendas, we try to be very clear um, and communicate exactly what the board may or may not do. So if somebody was looking at the agenda, they might not have expected that the board would have taken a vote um, that evening since it was not listed as we typically do would do discussion slash approval if we anticipate a vote. Um, so the guidance has been to to acknowledge that um, and then bring it up for reconsideration, which is um, what we are working on uh, this evening. Um, you apologize for the oversight, uh, but sometimes when discussions start going and uh, an action is taken and um, without necessarily aligning it with the agenda. So we try to catch someone that happens, um, acknowledge it and um, take up the issue again so that it's um, been done. Um, and with full compliance in terms of any open meeting uh, notices. Any questions or comments? Thank you for that, Mr. Milano. So we have a motion uh, to amend the meeting minutes for September uh, 7, 2022. Mr. Freitag. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I, I was just going to offer that regarding those minutes, I haven't seen the draft, but you know, I would find it sufficient to have the minutes reflect that there was a vote, and then I, it would be appropriate for my eye to insert in a parenthetical or a note right thereafter that pursuant to the advice of town council, that vote that vote was void. Period. Then approve the minutes so it's clear that there was a vote, but that. I've weighed in and said that I don't think that the vote, the vote was uh, appropriate and is therefore void. Then you've you got an accurate set of minutes and that sort of clears the table for you now to have a discussion regarding the youth task force under article or amend agenda item 16 of this night's agenda. Thank you, Mr. Freitag. Is this acceptable to all members? Mr. Zulis? So I'll, I'll make a motion to approve the minutes uh, with the following changes. Uh, there's a reference to the, the board voting by roll call vote three zero. If we could change that to three one, uh, because that's what it was. And then at the end of that sentence, add the parenthetical pursuant to the advice of town council, uh, that void, that vote, um, uh, that vote was void. Close. Thank you, Mr. Zillis. Is there a second? I can't second because I wasn't there, so somebody else has to. Okay, then I will second. So it's moved and seconded. <laughs> we'll do a roll call the vote. I'm sorry, Richard, did you second? No, I don't believe I was there, Mr. Chair. Right. Um, he's on the roll call, isn't he? He's on the roll call. He was there. Yes. I was the only one not there. Did I Can you hear us? Okay, so it's um, moved by. 
Uh, Ms. Bradley seconded by Mr. No, I'm sorry. It was I moved. Mike? I think I moved. Up on that. I moved. I think I moved. Yeah, I was going to second. Right. So Mr. Zula says moved and Mr. Wells says seconded. Any further discussion? Seeing none, roll call vote. Mr. Zulis? Yes. Mr. Wells? Yes. Uh, Ms. Bradley? I'm going to abstain, thank you, because yes, I was not you. present. Just for the record. <laughs> Ms. Busto? Yes. And Mr. Doyle, yes. Thank you very kindly. We worked our way through that. And Kevin, we appreciate your advice and counsel on that matter. And now we will have a discussion and an update. Um, on the youth task force and Mike, could you uh, kick this off for us, please? Sure. Uh, so um, just to go back and to provide all the context here, <coughs> pardon me, the youth task force was formed um, and appointed in the spring of summer of 2018. Its charge is to quote, explore expanded opportunities and safe spaces for teens ages 11 to 18 to socialize and be productive in our community, including but not limited to out of school time, programming, and to make recommendations based on the results of such work for consideration of uh, the select board. The youth task force is comprised of 12 members to be appointed by the board, two of whom sh shall be teens resulting in the town of Milton, two of whom shall be parents or guardians of children who reside in the town of Milton, at least one of whom shall have experience with youth development, such as a social worker or a school resource officer, one of whom shall have experience in youth programming, such as uh, within a nonprofit, one of whom shall be a member of the Milton Youth Advocates for Change, one of whom shall be a member of the Milton Coalition, one of whom shall be a member of the Select Board, and one of whom shall be the town administrator. Um, as has been acknowledged by each member of this board, the youth task force has been a great success bringing together all of those varied perspectives, generated ideas for programming and activities. It led to review of a feasibility for a teen center facility, an actual building, uh, and, a, and a, um, it led to a feasibility study of that. And ultimately it helped usher into existence the Wildcat Den back in January of 2020. The Wildcat Den, as we all know, closed shortly after it opened because of COVID. Uh, and while no one suggested at that time that the work of the Youth Task Force was complete, as with other committees, the meetings, uh, the Youth Task Force did not occur during the pandemic. And a couple of key members, including the chair of that committee, moved out of Milton. But when the re Wildcat Den reopened in September, um, uh, I, my, it was my view that it was a perfect time to reappoint members of the Youth Task Force to restart that important work. Um, instead, what happened was the motion that we just discussed, um, and um, uh, the fact of the matter is that that motion was uh, improper and ineffective, and so we still have a youth task force uh, in place. Um, since that time, uh, in the 10 weeks since that, we've had a wide breadth of Milton residents call for us to reappoint this committee. You know, that includes staff members, uh, the, um, the, you know, the head of the library, and the Assistant Director of the Library, um, Head of the Milton Coalition. We've had clergy, uh, we've had elected officials, uh, we've had parents, and most importantly, we've had young people themselves call for us to reappoint that committee. Um, those young people included Kira Glazer, 
who told us, quote, the Wildcat Den has made a great impact on after-school lives of youth and should we and we should continue the task force mission. We could do a lot more good, a lot more good for young people. I hope you'll consider continuing youth task force as the work we did had a great impact on my life as a teen in Milton and should be continued for years to come. That was from Kira Glazer, who was one of the members of the committee. We also heard, heard from Giselle DeMont, who was a 10th grader, um, and uh, she was also on the committee. And she said, while on the committee, uh, me and my other representative were able to express our opinions and reflect the needs of the youth in Milton with adult members of the youth task force and create a bridge in our town between the youth and the adults, thus bringing it, thus bringing it back to Milton is crucial. So um, we have all of that um, and all of those people who both who have appeared before us in public comment and who have sent us writ written statements saying that we should do this. You also have two members of this board who are the parents of children in that age group who have told you that they support it. And so, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know that there's ever been such a broad range of support to have a committee continue in town. Uh, while there is this tremendous upside to the youth tax force, as everybody has has uh, has uh, has indicated, there is no downside. It doesn't cost anything. There's no budget. Um, all it is is a, it's a select board supported platform to get people in the room for the purpose of exploring out of school opportunities for our teens, and we need that because we need more opportunities both for middle school students and for high school students. Um, um, we know it works. Uh, it's undeniable because it's worked before and it will continue to work. Um, you also have two select board members who are very interested in this and interested in pursuing it. And never before in my experience in the last four years have the other members of the board said, well, no, we don't want you to pursue that. You know, we've all, we've all uh, people who've been wanted to uh, pursue uh, matters, whether it was housing with Melinda Collins or Mr. Wells with the landing or, or, um, or um, you know, Ms. Conlon with the ANAC. And we've all let, we've all supported one another in pursuing those things. And so, so I, I hope that we would continue to do that. I'd hope we'd continue to act in that way to allow members to pursue their interest. Now, why is it important to do this now? Well, we've lost two and a half months. We lost two and a half months where we could have people in the room talking about what our youth need in town, whether it be middle school students or high school students. You know, we've lost two and a half months where Milton High School senior could participate in this committee. And, you know, that Milton High School senior doesn't have much longer to go. And so, so we've lost that. Um, and um, we've lost the opportunity to respond to the challenges that, that uh, Reverend Wilson Lyons pointed out that uh, the mental health issues of our of of, um, of our youth um, that have come out of COVID. So we've lost two and a half months. Um, I think it's time to get on with it. Uh, I I hope we will um, uh, put this on the agenda to appoint members to this committee when we next meet. That we'll uh, try to get as many applicants as we can. Uh, for this committee, uh, and we'll get it appointed. Um, and, you know, I, again, I, I, I go back to the words of Giselle Dimanche, uh, who saw the Youth Task Force as a platform for the youth and the adults in this town 
to get together to figure out and to create a, she said, create a bridge in our town between youth and adults. And so I think we should say yes to that. I think we should say yes to all the, the parents who've spoken, yes to the students, and, and yes to continuing this important work. So I, I hope that we'll put this on the agenda for, for appointment um, at our next meeting. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Mr. Zillis. Other comments, please. Let's see, we have a tie between Ms. Bradley and Ms. Musto. So I'm going to go in alphabetical order. Ms. Bradley? Thank you, Mr. Chair. So um, my comments will be very brief because um, my colleague, Mr. Zulis, summed it up so eloquently. Um, this is something that I am very passionate about. I was very upset when I learned that there was a vote to dissolve it without my knowledge. If I had seen it on the agenda, I would have absolutely asked you, Mr. Chair, that we um, set it aside until I could have been present to, um, to, to vote on it. Um, so I'm very happy that that was corrected and that the committee still stands. Um, and I too look forward to getting applications um, for appointment for this committee. I think it is vital. Um, right before this meeting this evening, I was um, over at the Pierce Middle School with a bunch of other parents and so many students listening about the eighth grade field trip to Washington DC, which we get to have for the first time. We haven't had it in over two years because of COVID. The children that were there, uh, young adults that were there, sorry, um, they were so excited. They were so excited that they finally get to get come together um, as a cohort and experience traveling together, experience our nation's history, experience you know, civics, it's so wonderful to see them engage. And any step that the board, select board would take to limit their engagement in, in, in civics, to limit their excitement in helping to bridge that gap between my old foggy ways and their new age um, way of thinking, um, I think is a shame. I think this is something that absolutely needs to continue. Um, if it was up to me, I'd put a few more young adults on there. Um, and actually, I would even put a, a middle schooler on there um, because I think I think their voices are also really important to hear. Um, so I am very hopeful that we will get a lot of applications for this committee, um, and I look forward to seeing it thrive and what they bring to us next um, for us to make improvements for our towns, for the lives of our our young aspiring adults. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Ms. Bradley, and Ms. Musto, you are recognized. Thank you. Um, so I wanted to say a, a few things about this. Um, I would say that speaking for myself, certainly value the input of young people and respect that as well as families and so forth. It's hard to look at a committee that unfortunately doesn't have any minutes. So I am very concerned that the minutes aren't there. So I don't know what kind of work they've done all other than the Wildcat Den. And I wondered, do we have any updated minutes? Um, I think that's really important. Um, the other thing is, I'm also concerned that there's a lot of talk about mental health, um, which is definitely very important with this group. Uh, the Board of Health has a social worker who's been doing a lot of outreach um, to the library, police, and all the different department schools as, as well. And, um, you know, we saw, of course, during COVID, how bad things got for lots of people, mental health wise, whether it was young people, 
you know, um, the older folks, lots of different issues. And I was sort of surprised that the committee didn't meet during then. And I really wish they would have. I really think it would have been very good for them to meet that way. There were a lot of uh, places that were meeting remotely and things like that. So I'm open-minded to listening to, um, you know, what the committee would be, but I'd like to see, a, you know, an updated charge. I'd like to see the minutes as well to see what they've accomplished um, as well. So I guess I would urge anyone that knows people that are, that were in charge of the committee um, to please make sure that we have that information. I, I, again, I'd like to see an updated charge. I'd like to see more in the minutes to see what happened during all those meetings. I, unless there are some minutes there that I missed, I didn't see any. So, um, but again, I, I wanna stress that um, the input of everybody is really essential. And so, you know, I look forward to hearing from other voices on this as well. And certainly we value the young people in town. I think we're very fortunate. We have a very robust, um, you know, engagement with the library, the police department, the parks and rec, they do a lot with the kids too, and the parents and the schools. They have a lot of different things through the schools as well. So um, I, I just wanted just to reiterate that. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Mesta. Other comments on this topic? I'll weigh in on mine. I'm sorry, Mr. Wells, you recognized? Your hand is up, Mr. Wells? I mentioned you're muted. Can you hear me, Mr. Yep, Chair? Yeah, we can. Thank you. So, um, my view of this is a lot different. I come from an operational background, as you know, and I probably spent every waking moment, a great deal of it, particularly in my policing career, and especially 10 years as chief, committed to protection of the youth in this community. Um, youth Task Force. Is Mr. Zula Salamai did their work, but what concerns me is that you've cited all these things, but no one on the committee, not the mental health clinician, not the SROs, not Paul Tamano, not Kevin Chrism, who I spoke to today, who knew nothing about any of this, even Will Adamchuk, who I talked to today, who I've strongly supported, and the libraries, they never even thought to have talked with the practitioners. So my suggestion here is these are operational decisions. I, we have a new town administrator, Mr. Milano. What I would strongly suggest is to let him talk to our practitioners. They are the ones who are there each and every day. They are the ones when kids are in crisis. They are the ones who run the field trips. They are the ones who run the sports events. They are the ones who give their heart, blood, and sweat and tears each and every day to the kids of this town. And nobody has even uttered a word to them. I take it, I, I see the idealism of young kids. I appreciate it, I love it. I, I have a daughter who's lived through all of this. She just finished in the Milton School. My wife was on the board of Milton School, Milton Softball. Milton Girl Softball has been for several years. I support all these things, all the positives, all the structured things that we have in our community. But I think this is something that the town administrator should be reporting to us on and making a recommendation. We are not operational. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Wells. The reason 
I did not support this when it was, I'm sorry, Mr. Zulis. Uh, that, that's all right, go ahead, Mr. Chief. I did not support this when it initially came to us. We resonated best by uh, two comments that Mr. Daly made this evening. Um, one, a better charge. And secondly, a more robust charge. A lot of water has gone over the dam since uh, the youth committee, as it's identified here, uh, was established and did its initial work. We've suffered through a tremendous uh, pandemic that's had tremendous implications on all of us. And uh, that doesn't exclude our youth in the least bit. Uh, I'm used in business practices when a period of time has elapsed and uh, some goals have been made or a uh, charge, if you want to use that word, uh, or a substitute to be reformulated, to be updated, and to be presented for consideration. And that's what uh, I would need to have uh, moving forward on this. Secondly, um, as I look through it, I have my notes from the uh, first meeting. I don't know uh, much from the appointments, what levels in school the students represent, uh, the parents duplicative of the students or of the schools, uh, how heterogeneous is this? Uh, what's the mix and the match of the composition? It has a member of the select board and a member of the town administrator and the town administrator both on the committee. That seems with all of the work that we have before us to be duplicative or redundant. So I would uh, suggest uh, that this really go back for um, a redesign reformulation and a representation that involves input from multiple resources throughout the town, uh, those that extend beyond um, those that have been presented so far and those that incorporate uh, new ideas and fresh thinking like that, which was put forward by Mr. Daly uh, and his comments on uh, the charge needing to be uh, better and more robust. Uh, Mr. Zillis, you're recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, it's been 10 weeks. It's been two and a half months of delay. No one has presented any kind of redesign. No one has presented any kind of better charge. Mr. Daly, I think it's fair to say, wants the youth task force um, uh, more so than more delay and um, uh, trying to come up with something um, that uh, that is better than it has already worked. So we have a charge and we have a composition that everyone agrees has worked and been successful. And no one has suggested anything different, right? And there have been multiple resources throughout town who have supported this as it is, right? Um, clergy, um, uh, staff members and practitioners, right? The PAC practitioners have spoken. Right, uh, whether it be the library or the Milton Coalition, they've spoken on this, right? Um, or the Parks Commissioners have. We have a Parks Commission who's spoken on it. Um, the students have spoken on it. The parents have spoken on it. Um, so the multiple resources have spoken in support of this. There is uh, there is no alternative uh, construct construct here, right? There is no alternative design. There is. It's been again 
two and a half months of delay um, and nothing. So, so if, if the idea is let's have more delay to try to fix something that's worked in the past, um, I, 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 I don't think, well, I certainly don't understand it. I'm sure the students won't understand it. I'm quite sure the parents won't understand it. I'm quite sure the practitioners won't understand it because the practitioners have spoken, both the practitioners who participated in this um, uh, back in 2018, 2019, in the beginning of 2020, uh, and they've spoken, and those who have spoken have spoken to it again. There is no one who has suggested anything different other than a couple of members of this board. So, uh, so I am at a loss uh, to to um, to uh, uh, to figure out what this kind of ephemeral, um, better thing we could come up with. With when all we want to do is get people in the, in the room and start talking about how to improve things for the youth in town and and. To, to the suggestion, I think before, to have a middle school student, we had a middle school student. So the two teens, when we when we had the when we had it, um, the, uh, we had it uh, the appointments before. We had one middle school student and we had one high school student. So we had those perspectives. There was a cross section of perspectives in town before. It 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 it, it led to it led to excellent uh, discussions and results. And so I don't I, I don't know what this this kind of uh, alternative is because it doesn't exist. So I, I, I see this as more delay. I see it as bad for the youth in our town to have more delay and not get people in a room talking about these issues. Ms. Bastow. Hi, I just wanted to say a few things. Um, one is the reason behind the decision before was because it seemed like the charge had been met. I know Mike is talking about delay, I look at it and say, what happened since 2020 during COVID? There was delay there. There were no meetings. There was no nothing. Um, so I don't like that argument. I guess what I would say is this, though. The youth are important and the town is important, the residents and all of the services. We have the ability to do something as far as having even a working group. It doesn't have to be necessarily a committee through our select board appointed committee. It could be a working group. It could be a working group with park, you know, the department's heads that, that deal with this. And if you wanted to have a student on that to call, you know, to be part of that or something, that would be great or parent. But I think we have the parks that deal with this on a daily basis. We've got the police. We have a social worker. Uh, we have school personnel that work on this. Um, and I think there are other mechanisms for this. And so I guess I'm I'm personally a little offended that um, this impression of making it sound like, you know, there's this uh, attempt to stall things or, you know, not be receptive. I, I really find that pretty offensive because that is not the intent. The intent is to do things maybe you do them a little bit differently. And that's not always bad. Um, you know, as I said before, I don't have a lot of information. And so you're asking me to make these decisions on information that's really not there. Um, the, the, the Wildcat Den is very effective. And if new things have to be done, you know, we have a new town administrator who certainly could have, um, you know, a meeting with some of these departments to see what they're seeing and seeing what issues they have and, you know, see what they have for suggestions. And perhaps you bring in 
you know, an, another meeting with parents and kids to get their input. We have a social worker. Police department has a social worker, I believe, as well, that's working on a lot of these issues. So I don't always think we have to have a committee for everything. I think this is an important issue with youth in town, and there are many mechanisms for it, and this might be a better way to do it. Uh, Ms. Bradley and Mr. Wells, in that order, please. Thank you, Chair. So um, can everybody hear me? Yes. Okay. So I, I have a couple of thoughts and, and actually a something I'd like to just propose. Um, first of all, when, when Ms. Musto was talking about how um, they haven't, they didn't meet, I quickly went back through some of the other committees and our bylaw review committee didn't meet once during COVID. Um, I don't know why, it doesn't matter why, there was COVID and there was an emergency situation. So to me, um, the committees that didn't meet during COVID, I think is, is understandable. The ones that had to meet did meet. Um, and so to, to me, I don't think that that should be held against the committee that they didn't meet during a worldwide pandemic that we'd never experienced before. Um, the next piece about um, involving the schools and the parks department and, and all these other departments, I guess I go back to the piece that, that Mr. Zulis read, which is this, this board and this committee is designed to talk about out of school time. It specifically says that in their, in, in what their charge is, um, that their job is to talk about what happens when kids aren't in, in a structured setting, when kids aren't in the parks and rec department going on a field trip, when the kids aren't um, at school or in a sport. Um, so, so I don't really know that we need to get the SROs on board and all these other folks on board. That's something and probably the reason why the town administrator was on on this committee was because they he he they um, could be the chart the the conduit between the departments and this committee. I mean, we do that for other committees on a regular basis. So I guess my last thing to say is, um, since there seems to be a lot of talk and consideration around the charge. Um, I go back to an earlier agenda item that we had on here, Mr. Chair, that spoke about how we are going to look at our charter every 10 years, and it's something that you want to put in place constantly moving forward, um, something that we always look at. So I wonder why we can't appoint people to this committee and have them look at their charge and come back to us with their recommendations. I know many students in the Commonwealth put forth um, our state flower, our state cookie, our state fruit, and it goes through the legislative process and they learn about that. Um, I don't see why Milton has to be the one from the top down. I think we can kind of be bottom up here and bring these folks together. It sounds, I mean, I, I didn't write down everybody that Mr. Zulis said has to be a member of this, but it seems like it's a pretty diverse group of folks. Um, and if we were to put it out to our entire Milton community, I'm sure that we can get a lot of qualified residents um, to volunteer to be on this and to help work with the, the folks, the practitioners um, who have been working with these kids through the pandemic. Um, you know, I don't know Margaret very well, but I saw her present the other night with, with the students by her side and they and her seem to work extremely well together. 
Um, and so I, I look at her as a practitioner and, and maybe I, I shouldn't, I, I thought that's what she is. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm suggesting to us as a committee to, there's no reason to stop it. It doesn't cost us any money. It doesn't cost us any skin in the game. It's an opportunity for kids and parents and people to get together and come up with a charge and come back to us. This is not, um, this is not such a hard thing. And I guess, I don't know why we are so on opposite sides when we could just say to the kids and the parents, hey, what do y'all think we need on outside of time? My suggestion is gonna be a lot different than my neighbor's suggestion, but we can come up with a charge and come back to us if that's the main crux, Mr. Chair, then that seems, it seems like almost like a, a minor, minor little pothole that I could fix with the gravel in my driveway. It doesn't seem like it's a big thing. It seems like something we can all work together and just make happen. And, and it doesn't harm any of us um, that I know of. I mean, I'm a parent of a 13 year old and I, I know that he came home the other night and was so excited about civics. He started talking to me about the election. How great is that? How great is it to have your kids engaged in local politics? So I guess I, I'm saying to this committee, let's just take a breath. <laughs> and if the charge really is the thing, then let's appoint the people to come up with a new charge. We do it all the time. That's my two cents. Um, Mr. Wells and then Ms. Musto. Richard, you're muted. Sorry, Mr. Chair. I'm just gonna reiterate what um, Roxanne said. I've listened to everyone. I, Mr. Milano, when you came on board, I told you one thing. You do the job, I'll call you if I need you. I won't bother you unless I need you and only call me when you need me. Same thing I said to Mr. Denny when I was elected to this board six years ago. Go talk to your practitioners. You had a department head who I highly respect for, had a long relationship with since the day he got here, who wrote a letter today, never told his boss, never copied him, never even uttered a word to the department that oversees the Wildcat Den day to day, every single day. Aaron, you can say what you want about the SROs. My only suggestion to you is go meet them, talk to them, and walk in their hands. To Mr. Zulus, you might remember a couple of years ago, we had an incident at a select board meeting that required some immediate intervention. The next day, that SRO and that clinician got that person, that family, the help they needed, and that person is in a much brighter world today. That's the kind of work these people do every day. And to me, I am always going to fight to protect those who do every single ounce to protect not just the kids, but the parents, every single thing in this community every day. And that's not how this was done, which is really what has me aggravated here. This has got like an agenda to it, and that's the part that bothers me. So I reiterate it. The last thing I'm going to say, because we're going to go into executive and a lot of loans, so I'm going to leave after this, after this discussion. Mr. Milano, I strongly suggest to you, go interview some of your operators. Listen to them. See the work that they do for you every day. And I will strongly support any suggestions they make to you and that you bring back to this board. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chair. 
Thank you, Mr. Wells, Ms. Masto, and then Mr. Solis. Thank you. Um, a couple of things I did want to say. One was I know that Ms. Bradley had talked about other meetings that didn't meet during COVID. However, this is a little bit of a different situation. There were speakers that had got on before and had spoken that during COVID, especially during COVID, with our youth, there was a lot of depression and anxiety and a lot of issues with the youth in town. Um, and that would have been the time to have met with them. It could have been Zoom. It could have been in person outside. There were there were opportunities. I don't want to belabor that, but I do find that a little offensive, um, especially for myself. I work in healthcare, so I know um, what other people were doing and what their kids were doing. So that is one thing I would say. The other thing I would say is that we are very fortunate in this town that we have a lot of people that care about the youth in town, whether it be the um, library director, the um, parks and rec. Um, we have social workers now for the police, as well as the health board, health department. We have a lot of out, um, outreach. And what I would say is that, um, as I had said before, this could be something if we wanted to um, talk to all of the different department heads, you know, our new TA could talk with the different department heads and see what their experiences have been, what they're seeing, what are they seeing, and what do they feel some of the needs are. And then you maybe have a bigger meeting where you invite parents and students um, into a certain meeting like that. I don't think that you need to have another town committee for this. And I'm sort of troubled that um, that we feel that every time that we turn around that we, we can't do things in groups that are working groups that um, that we always feel like we have to have a town committee for everything. And I know Ms. Bradley and myself are specifically looking at that where we have 92 committees. This committee um, has satisfied, you know, they've had the Wildcat in. And again, I feel that there are other mechanisms that could work for this. And um, so that's my thought on that. Thank you. Mrs. Zillis. Well, we've heard from the operators and the practitioners. We heard from them at the time when they participated in this community, in this committee, and we've heard from them since then. We've heard from uh, we've heard from operators by written statements and and um, and the practitioners. So we've heard from them. I, in terms of agenda, I <laughs> the only agenda is to continue something that was that was working well. I, you know, it, I was frankly dumbstruck when. <laughs> when this happened back on September 7th, uh, I continue to be dumbstruck by uh, by the um, by the apparent opposition uh, to this. Um, um, Ms. Musto uh, raises a good point that you know it would have been helpful for the committee to to meet during COVID, and that was the time. The time hasn't passed. It's still the time for this committee to meet. So let's get it appointed and let's get it meeting. If, if, if the time for it to meet was, was during COVID, the time has not passed. So let's just get the committee appointed. And I think Ms. Ms. Uh, Ms. Bradley raises a very good point. We get the committee appointed and if they wanna reconsider the charge and if they think they can you know, make it better, that's great. Right, but let's just get the people in the room. <laughs> let's get the students in the room. Let's create that bridge that our 10th grader talked about 
between the youth and the adults and the adults. Let's, um, you know, I, and again, I, 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 I one other thing, it, it's just cropped up again that the, the, the purpose of the committee was satisfied. You know, everyone who's weighed in on this, who was involved, including me at the time, um, knows that that wasn't the purpose of the committee, just the Wildcat Den. It wasn't. Uh, no one ever suggested it was. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't the case. So uh, everyone we've heard from, um, again, clergy, practitioners, students, parents, supports this. Uh, the two parents who are on this board who have, who have children of that age would like to do this. Uh, and so we're, we're appealing to the other members to allow us to do this, to get a committee appointed so we can do it. Um, and um, it would be very disappointing if, uh, if, uh, if, somehow, uh, if somehow that's going to continue to be stymied. Ms. Prasi. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I just want to say nobody's saying that the SROs aren't doing work or the social workers or any of the other people that have been listed here tonight. I never said one word about them and the fact that they weren't doing an excellent job. This committee has nothing to do with that. And so to say that I, um, I don't know the SROs, I know about SROs very well. In fact, I was one of the people that worked on that legislation for SROs and also tried to work to, um, to kind of change it, tweak it a little. Um, but to say that, that anybody on this, this select board has said that they're not doing their jobs or that they're not helping students or that they're not there for the kids is absolutely incorrect. I never once said that. I, I never really even mentioned them except I'm talking about what this committee is and the committee charge is completely different. The current committee charge, because again, the vote is null and void. You, that vote is no longer there. This committee is still active. Nobody has deactivated this committee and we can't do it tonight. So I don't understand. I really, honestly, I have no agenda here. I missed the meeting, so obviously I don't have an agenda, because if I did, there's you damn skippy I would have been there. You all know that. But I don't, I, I honestly am flabbergasted that we wouldn't appoint people to come up with a charge for a committee that has nothing to do with schools. And and uh, Mike, if I, I don't have it in front of me, but you started reading the people that are on it. One of them, two parents. One is a youth development person. There's a nonprofit person. There's all these different qualifications that have nothing to do with any of the people you just talked about. This is a group of parents, kind of like the playground neighborhood planners, whatever they're called, that got together and figured out how to make playgrounds happen in our town. Just like the bike committee. We have a bike committee. You know what their job is? Their job is to figure out how to make it safer to bike in our town. You know what the job of this boarding committee is? to figure out what kids want to do outside of school time. That's what their job is. And, and to engage kids and to figure out how to connect us with kids. I, I come back to what um, Mr. Zulis keeps saying, which is he and I are the only two that have children in this age group currently in the Milton Public Schools. And, and I, I'm not dismissing the fact that y'all had kids go through the system. That's not it. We're dealing with it right now, day to day. And so I guess I really, besides the fact that people are offended or that we're saying something 
that's so astronomically foreign or that we're trying to overrun departments. I don't even know what. It's no money and it doesn't cost any one of you any time. None, zero time. We're not asking for any of your time. And I tried to get rid of, there's a, there's a committee here. Here, I pulled this out. There's a committee called Celebration of Holiday Committee. I tried to get rid of that because why do we need a Celebration of Holiday Committee in our town? Miss Musto at that meeting said, no, we should talk about making sure we have that committee. That's not what I said. But Roxanne, yes, you did. You said that we couldn't get rid of it. You absolutely did. No. So, I, I mean, I guess I just need, I, I don't understand why this is such a big deal. Nobody is just, just saying that the social workers aren't doing a good job. Nobody's saying that the school's not doing a good job or Parks and Rec or anything like that. All we're saying is, we want to have this group of people come together and talk about what their kids and what the students themselves would like to see happen in out-of-school time. That's it. And if the charge is the biggest issue, Mr. Chair, have them rewrite the charge. If that you said the two issues you had was a better charge and a more robust charge, if those are your concerns, then the first action that we should charge them with is coming up with a new charge, period. And then your, your concerns are solved because then we have actual input from people in our town on what they think the, the, the committee should be and what they should be working on. So I just, I, I just am really stymied at why this is such a big thing. Mr. Zillis. Yeah, just to, to reemphasize that um, a lot of thought and consideration went into the charge and the composition of the committee before, and it led to a very successful committee as everyone's acknowledged. It doesn't mean, you know, it couldn't be changed, um, but but let's appoint the committee, as Aaron said, and they can take a look at it and consider it. And if they think it needs to be tweaked, they're the ones who are right on the front lines, then they can come back and suggest that we suggest that we change it. But to just, to, <laughs> to, to not move forward on this, um, when we have something that's worked, again, it's, it's, it is incomprehensible, incomprehensible to me. Ms. Rusto. Thank you. I, I do want to clarify a few things, first of all. Um, to Ms. Bradley, I never said that about the celebration of holiday committee. I asked, is it some, I wanted more information. So that doesn't mean I agree that we should have it. I wanted information. What does it do and do we need it? Okay, so that's what I asked for. So please don't misinterpret what I said. I really resent that, okay? Um, the other thing I would say is you mentioned the playground planners. Now the playground planners, um, they did something and they weren't a select board committee. So it was a private group that came together and had a purpose and served that purpose. I don't understand why it has to be another committee, especially when we're looking at different committees. So I guess what I'm saying is, you know, that, Mr. Milano, do we have any minutes from this committee? Have we had any updates on any of their committee meetings? Do we have any minutes from any of their meetings? I'd like to know that. That was brought up at a previous meeting that I had been at with all of you, um, but there were no minutes. And I'm concerned because we still have no minutes. You're asking to um, continue with a committee that has absolutely no minutes. And 
that's concerning to me, unless we've got minutes I, that I haven't read, um, that is concerning. The other thing is you don't always have to have a committee for things. And this is something that we should really talk about because again, I mean, I don't wanna belabor this because we could be here all night going back and forth talking about this, but you have department heads that see different things with kids. You have parent, you know, in terms of issues, you have, you have people that work in the schools, um, adjustment counselors, you see um, social workers, um, the, um, parks and rec, different departments, police. There are a lot of different entities that in library that see all these different issues that are coming up with kids. And I think I would like to see something more of a working group that was headed up with some of the department heads of what they're seeing and then bringing that out to the community in terms of um, engaging with the community and see what the parents and the kids come up with. I don't think you always have to have a committee for everything. I think there are better ways to do this. This is a miss. So, so I am I'm asking- wrap up with some comments. Sure, I am asking to reappoint this committee regardless of whether the committee in 2019, the minutes from the committee in 2019 are posted. Yes, I, 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 think, I think the issues uh, that we're dealing with, uh, that, that everyone has told us, clergy, our practitioners, our operators, our parents, our children, um, everyone has told us that this would be helpful um, in writing and, uh, and in person. So yes, I am asking us to reappoint, and I hope that we we would include on our next agenda uh, reappointment of the youth task force. Thank you. Um, I have an observation to make that combines some thoughts from both um, Ms. Bradley and Ms. Musto, and I base this on working. Um, over a couple of decades with councils and committees at the regional and the national level. Um, it is not practice that I'm familiar with to ask the committee uh, to reformulate its charge. It's possible. Um, what I'm more familiar with is an ad hoc group uh, taking a look at something of this nature in making a recommendation on a reformulated charge and then bringing that back to a body such as the select board. The key for me is the charge in the composition of the committee and um, I think there's a way to do this. I think it's important to, it's a big item because it's important. And from my point of view, I wanna try and do it in a way that is going to work out for everybody involved. So that's an observation I put forward for consideration. Um, Mr. Zulis, can we, I, I give you the last voice since you were the first voice. I, 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 would just say, I would just say, Mr. Chair, if we'd heard something in the last two and a half months, some kind of proposal, some kind of suggestion about how this could be improved. No one has suggested it. No one, no one has suggested, here's where it's failing. Here's where it could be improved. No one has suggested that. So 
let's take what's worked, let's get it appointed, and if maybe we change it next year, right? Let, but let's get the people in the room. <laughs> let's not let's not stand on this ceremony to try to to try to you know uh, assuage whatever we're trying to assuage. Let's just get the let's get the people in the room talking about get, what the kids need. Get, get the people in the room talking about what the people need in town. Just just I say we could get an ad hoc group in the room and work on this and come forward. Um, we just see it differently. And um, I think we have to be open. I'll be very candid and very honest with you. Uh, very few people have spoken to me about this. And we had one person from the park department make some very cogent suggestions. And I wanna to listen to that person. And I think there are some other people that might have some suggestions too. So we could vet this through an ad hoc group and it would be better to do it now than do it a year from now, in my opinion. Just just my observations. I'm not gonna get into a debate yeah, on this. Not, not really it. fair though, not really fair though, to say you haven't heard from many people. because I didn't say that, Mr. Zulis. Okay. I said I had not heard from many M-A-N-Y people. Okay. 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 That's the uh, word but, I use, many. But, but we have heard from, you know, the library director, assistant library director, We've heard from a member of the clergy. We've heard from a couple of Nobody's people. disputing that. Okay. They've been right. enumerated before. Okay, fair enough. Ms. Bradley. Thanks, Mr. Chair. Um, I, I guess I have a technical question and maybe Kevin can answer this. Um, the committee has not been dis disbanded. Committee is still part of our boards and committees. According to our website, there's eight members on that committee of which one of them is Mr. Milano. Um, so, I'm wondering, those folks, I don't know what happened to them. I think that they're, I looked at the list. I know a couple of them, their parents that I know actually in town. So why don't we have Mr. Milano call a meeting together of those eight members listed um, to get the ball rolling, to get the ball rolling so that we don't have to wait to do an ad hoc or anything because I don't know that we need to, Mr. Chair, if the committee hasn't been disbanded and there's already members on it. Um, I looked at it and maybe Mr. Milano can help us uh, out with this. My understanding is that terms ended in 20, July, 2021. So that I don't know that uh, there's anybody on the committee. Typically, so we can get an answer to it. Sure. Yeah, he's ready. He was going to say typically, what was that? Yeah, name? I think typically the members of a committee serve until their replacement if they're term ends, but I, that has been the practice that I've understood right. it. So even when the term ends, they, they carry over unless they're not reappointed. Um, okay. So there's no reason why those members wouldn't just be willing to meet again to keep this ball rolling. That we, we don't know. Well, how about, could, could we, we ask could check, We could check and see whether or not uh, Suzanne Bridges reached out to them and any of them offered to do so. Well, no, she had she left before any of this came up, Mr. Mr. Chair. She was uh, doing an inventory of committees and checking on whether or not people on committees would be um, interested in continuing before she left. I don't know if she got to this committee. Right, but we could have Nick just send an email to them, right? Or Lynn, because we haven't replaced that position yet.
We could do that. I have no objection to getting that information. Certainly not going to block that. Okay, Ms. great. Ms. Vasto, you're recognized. Sure. Um, just a point. I know that you, that there was some mention of like once the term ends, if they're if they, I mean, the term ended in July of 2021. There was no reappointment. So technically, they're really technically not who any committee. They're technically not really on a committee. They could meet if they want to, but technically, it's not an active committee if. If you know what I mean, they weren't reappointed. There were no reappointments. So that's great. It serves Mr. Chair's ad hoc decision or request. Then, if Good, but it might be some of those go. people. So we got all the balls going here. Everybody's it, happy. It might be some of those people and some other people, or right. some well, of those people. Let's start with the ones that served. I mean, let's well, get it going. And some, so maybe some of the practitioners that were rec recommended. Recognizing yeah, Chris Fox is on there. He's dialogue. on the That's one. That's part of the dialogue that we're talking about. Maybe we can assemble the pieces and get this done. There's a way to do it. We just have to figure out how to do it. Ms. Vasto. Yeah, I just want to reiterate that there might be a better way to do it. And so I appreciate the fact that we're going to look into the best way to do it. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, I think that it's time now to move on to our next agenda item. And I thank everybody uh, for their positions the contributions. Um, we have to um, now take a look at agenda item number 17. Uh, this is a discussion approval, private payment of uh, $10,000 to the Mary M.B. Wakefield Charitable Trust for the town of Milton. Mr. Milano. President, this is on just as an acceptance of the pilot payment. Um, the Charitable Trust has provided a payment of $10,000 for at least the last several fiscal years, and they've contributed another $10,000 um, received in the last couple of weeks for acceptance by the board. Okay, um, we have a motion. I'll read it. Um, as such, move to approve the private payment of $10,000 from the Mary M.B. Wakefield Charitable Trust. Is there a second, please? I'll second that. Thank you, Ms. Musto. Any discussion? I'd just like to add that we would... Um, um, communicate our gratitude uh, to the trust uh, following what I anticipate will be a favorable vote. Uh, roll call vote. Mr. Zulas? Yes. Mr. Wells? He's gone. It looked like he dropped off. Um, Ms. Bradley? Yes. Uh, Ms. Musto? Yes. Mr. Doyle? Yes. We have a consent agenda as item number 18, discussion approval, one day liquor license applications. Uh, there are uh, several of them, two, four, six, eight. Um, I will make the motion to save uh, you. Um, move to approve the consent agenda for one day liquor licenses. Forbes House Museum Winter Solstice Celebration, Saturday, December 17th, 2022, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eustace Estate, Historic New England. Um, Christmas cheers at the Eustace Estate, Friday, December 2, 2022, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Christmas tea at the Eustace Estate, Sunday, December 4, 2022, 3 to 5 p.m. Christmas tea at the Eustace Estate, Sunday, December 11, 2022, 3 to 5 p.m. Christmas tea at the Eustace Estate, Monday, December 12, 2022, 3 to 5 p.m. 
Christmas tea at the Eustace Estate, Tuesday, December 13, 2022, 3 to 5 p.m. And Christmas chairs at the Eustace Estate, Sunday, December 18, 2022, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Is there a second, please? I will second that. Thank you, Ms. Musto. Any discussion? Roll call vote. Mr. Solis? Yes. Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. Mr. Doyle? Yes. Number 19, discussion approval. Meeting minutes October 5, 2022, October 18, 2022, and October 20, 2022. Is there a motion, please? Um, sure. I'll make a motion to approve the meeting minutes for October um, 5th, 2022, October 18th, 2022, and October 30th, 2022. October 20, 2022. Okay. Oh, sorry, 20. Sorry. Is there a second, please? On these minutes. A second. Any discussion? I reviewed them and saw no substantive changes to be considered. Okay, roll call vote. Mr. Zulis? Yes. Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. Mr. Doyle? Yes. Uh, Mr. Milano, can we turn to you for the town administrator's report, please? Sure. Just our ongoing periodic reminder of the educational seminar series coming up. Um, the next one is on public records on Tuesday, November 22nd at the library at 7 p.m., followed by one on conflict of interest and state ethics on Tuesday, December 13th at 7 p.m. Um, I participated as several of the board members did uh, at Veterans Day on Friday, thanks to Kevin Cooks, Director of Veterans Services, for assembling um, a nice ceremony, a nice parade um, for, uh, to mark Veterans Day here in Milton. Um, we had participation from a variety of uh, community groups, um, police and fire honor guards, marching band chorus, as well as Tuckus Elementary School students. So it was great to see everybody out there. Um, we have news about several grants this week. We received a $50,000 grant from the Commonwealth to fund some climate action planning by the town and town um, staff in concert with members of the community. We also received $50,000 from the Commonwealth to fund the purchase and installation of four rapid flashing beacons, um, which would be installed at crosswalks, as well as five additional radar, radar speed feedback signs to be installed around uh, Milton. We also received a grant in the amount of about $17,000. This is an annual grant for a sustainable materials recovery program that funds um, ongoing recycling efforts, um, particularly around bulk items. Lastly, I was on the Neponset to Blue Hills feasibility study uh, meeting that uh, DCR held last night, um, and they had that being recorded. Um, they presented their preferred design for the a shared use path getting from Truman Parkway out to uh, 138, essentially, um, avoiding um, on street, um, taking any pedestrian bicycle activity off the street. Um, building a bridge uh, basically in the area of Paul's Bridge and then shooting across Brush Hill Road to get up Neponset up to 138. So that was their preferred design. I'm sure they'll have the meeting presentation materials, um, video and slides up um, pretty soon. 
if anybody's interested in learning more about their proposal, um, they're funded to do a feasibility study and design. Uh, I don't believe they're funded to do actually the project um, quite yet. And uh, Mr. Chair, that's all from me at this time. Thank you. Any questions for Mr. Tupano, please? Uh, seeing none, uh, hearing none, I just want to um, mention two things. Uh, one is uh, the great job that uh, Christine Stanton and her staff and the volunteers at the Council on Aging did on uh, Wednesday before Veterans Day and sponsoring a luncheon for the veterans and their families. It was a, a wonderful occasion. And Anthony San Marco gave a, a presentation on um, Milton veterans from the Civil War to the present time. And also to recognize uh, Kevin Cook, uh, Veterans Services um, Officer for his work in organizing uh, the Veterans Day event. It was very well done by him and all involved. Um, Ms. Musto, um, you had something that you wanted to comment on. Can yes, I, thank you. Um, I wanted to take the opportunity to thank um, and acknowledge, actually acknowledge and thank J.E. Driscoll Landscape, who maintains our property uh, in front of the library, which is beautiful, and Town Hall. Um, and they do this um, every year, all year long. So I did want to take the opportunity to thank them on behalf of our select board. And I was actually wondering if the board would be willing to send a letter of thanks for the services that he's provided. Um comment on that we have this um, done in a number of locations throughout time town by different organizations um, might we want to consider um, the possibility of thanking all of those organizations the food center is another example and so on down the line uh, i believe thea nursery does an island sense of the board that's fine and Ms. Busta? I think that would be a nice thing for us to do to acknowledge these businesses that, you know, contribute to the town. If we employ the businesses, can we, do we have to not be on the letter? Just curious, Kevin, if I have to, I employed Mr. Driscoll. Um, we can ask town council. I don't think that that would prevent the select board from sending any of these businesses a, a letter. Okay, thanks. If the select board wants to discuss though the, the form of that letter and who it goes to, it ought to do so on a future agenda. Item. Perfect. Thank you. Good question. Thank you, Kevin. Next we have, uh, it reads approval of resolution for Gianna Amen. I hope I'm pronouncing her um, name correctly. Uh, she is um, identified uh, by CARE, and this is the uh, Council on um, American Islamic Relations uh, in Massachusetts. The attorney uh, wrote saying that she, being a Milton resident and a Harvard student, is uh, the recipient of this recognition. And uh, if it's your will, I'd be happy to send a letter on behalf of the select board uh, congratulating her and uh, recognizing 
for her award. Does that make sense? Rather than a full resolution, which we don't have, don't have the draft on, as a matter of fact. Would that be agreeable? Sure. Yes. I see nods in the affirmative. Thank you. I'll work that out. I have no response. Public comment. Does anybody else have any response to any of the public comments that were made that they'd like to uh, state? We go to number 24, our future meeting dates, Monday, December 5, 2022, special town meeting, uh, Tuesday, December 6, 2022, with the notation um, that that would start for us at 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. that evening. And then um, just before uh, the holidays, December 20, uh, 22, for the select board meeting. Um, one of the things that um, you might want to take a look at is whether or not uh, we have any flexibilities. We have some calendar conflicts that have been um, running some of the members of the select board uh, into uh, situations that maybe we can uh, improve upon. Aaron, do you have your uh, calendar for the second half of the year yet? or It's going to be the same, Mr. Chair. I have every Tuesday off. Thank you. And I just wanted to say that this is something that we talked about at length um, for many months. And so I, I apologize that Richard is having some trouble, but I thought that he was okay with this switch. Yep. That's that's my understanding as well. I just wanted okay. to double check. I do, however, Mr. Calendar. Chair, I, I do have flexibility coming up and I've already spoken to Mr. Milano about all the dates that I can do. So I am, I'm almost done with school. I have two more days of classes and then I'm done until January. Yes. So... Well. I've already talked to him about that. Congratulations. And now the finals, right? Yes, Mr. Chair. Three finals and then I'm done. <laughs> Good for you. For the semester. Exactly. Seven more to go. <laughs> okay. Thanks for that. Uh, Ms. Busta? Uh, yes. I was just wondering, um, have you had a chance to talk to Mr. Wells to see um, what the con what days that would be conflicting going forward and if I was hoping he'd be able to continue this evening and that's one of the reasons why um I wanted to check double check on Aaron's calendar and I'll follow up uh with Richard since he's not here hopefully he is beyond um the period of conflicts that he had from pre-existing engagements I was just going to suggest I know that different committees that I've been on before sometimes we've had to alternate the dates to you know, alternate to accommodate the majority of the members. So I'm just wondering, you know, if we would be able to do that if need be. Well, we could always take a look at that, of course. But I think it's going to be difficult to change our schedule that we agreed upon earlier. We have the public to consider. Uh, calendars are in place. Okay. Um, we're now ready to go into executive session and uh, we will adjourn our meeting from executive session. We have four items of uh, business for executive session. Uh, one uh, a lot uh, that abuts 99th Atchis Street, MBTA Station, um, the um, Kittle Library, and um, consideration of uh, the Fun Fun Academy convent situation. So 
if it's your if it's all right with you i'll read the motions and um then we can go into executive session erin you had your hand up yeah thanks mr chair i might have missed it i was sending my 13 year old child to get me more water um <laughs> did we have did we already go over the public comment response yes we did. I asked okay, I if, uh, anybody Sorry. wanted to make but you're welcome at this time if you wanted to make any Comments. Thank you. I just wanted to ask um, that Mr. Milano or even myself, if we can follow up with Mr. Daly, the, the park commissioner, and ask him to put his comments in writing for the select board so that there's no confusion about what his intent or what he was saying this evening. I just wanted to make sure that the park commissioner's comments were something that we could we could have in writing. So I don't know if he's listening this evening or if we can get a note to him. I'm, I'm happy to follow up with him and ask him to put it in writing, but it, I would appreciate that. So Actually, that we, we, we have yeah. a transcript of uh, what Mr. Daly said, so we can get that. Are you asking uh, for information beyond that from him? No, I just wanted to make sure that we, um, I, I honestly don't remember the beginning of this meeting right now. Um, so I just wanna make sure that his comments are not, um, are taken accurately. And so- Would the transcript work for you? Yeah, that's fine. I can always rewatch it, Mr. Chair. I can do that. I just didn't want, I wanted to make Why sure- Why don't we get it for everybody? Okay, good. Mr. Volano, can we work with that? Certainly. Thank you very much. Okay, anything else before we go into executive session? All right, I'll read the motions. I move to enter into executive session to discuss litigation strategy relative to property known as Lot 72D at about 99 Thatcher Street. Based on my belief that discussion of this matter is in open session, maybe may have a detrimental effect on the litigating position of the select board. The second motion, I move to enter into executive session to discuss litigation strategy against the Massachusetts Bay Transit Authority, MBTA, Related to the condition of this stairs at the MBTA station located at Adams Street, Milton, Mass., based on my belief that discussion of this matter in open session may have a detrimental effect on the litigating position of the select board. Third proposed motion I moved to enter into executive session to consider the purchase, exchange, lease, or value of real property of the Kidder Branch Library, 101 Blue Hills Parkway, based on my belief that discussion of this matter in open session may have a detrimental effect on the negotiating position of the select board. Uh, I made a mistake, an omission. I have to get a roll call vote for each one of them. So I'll go back and um, without repeating it, just indicate uh, on the motion to enter an executive session for lot D that abuts 99 Thatcher Street. Do we have a motion? I'll make a motion. Uh, I don't have it all in front of me, though. <laughs> uh, you don't have to read I have, it. I don't have to read the whole thing. It's been read. Thank you. I will make that motion then. Thank Go you. Second, please. I'll second it. Thank you, Ms. Bradley. Roll call vote, Mr. Zulis? Yes. Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Mustaf? Yes. Mr. Doyle? Second was an executive session relative to the MBA Transit Authority as read. Uh, is there a motion? I'll make the motion. Thank you, Ms. Bradley. Second, please. I'll second. Thank you, Ms. Musto. 
Roll call vote, Mr. Zulis? Yes. Ms. Bradley? Yes. Mr. Doyle? Ms. Musto, I'm sorry. Yes. And Mr. Doyle, yes. And this third one, um, I will reread. I don't know that I completed it. I move to enter into executive session to consider the purchase exchange lease. A value of real property of the Kidder Branch Library 101 Blue Hills Parkway, based on my belief that discussion of this matter in open session may have a detrimental effect on the negotiating position of the select board. Is there a second, please? Roxanne, that's your gig. I'll second it. Second? Okay, thank you, Ms. Vesta. Roll call vote, Mr. Zulis? Thank you, uh, muted. Yes. Uh, Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. Mr. Doyle? Yes. And the fourth and final one, I move to enter into executive session to consider the purchase exchange lease of value of real property located at 930 Brook Road, Farm Point Convent, Sisters of St. Joseph, based on my belief, discussion of this matter in open session may have a detrimental effect on the negotiating position of the select board. Is there a second, please? I will second that, sure. Thank you. Roll call vote, Mr. Zulis? Yes. Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. Mr. Doyle? Yes. What I'd like to <coughs> propose um, is that we ask um, the individuals who are um, identified if they would sign off so that we can continue uh, on the same channel. I have four of them listed. 